Hello, everyone. This is Ty, and I want to thank you in advance for tuning into the F3 Experience podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning into episode one. Uh, Chris and I take a dive into everything from what was the best Michael Jackson album to books that influence us and um, diving into how we were raised and where we were raised. Um, we had some technical difficulties, right? We're learning through this experience and I decided to leave it in, right? Take you guys along on the journey and learn with us as we uh, seek to make improvements and get better with each episode. Uh, this first episode went kind of long. It was almost two hours long. So thank you for tuning in to however much time you listen. But in the future, uh, we promise to keep them to less than an hour. All right. Tune into episode one. Hope you enjoy it. Look forward to connecting with everyone. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to episode one of the new F3 experience. Um, I'm Ty Bradshaw and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Chris Jackson. Chris, how are you today? Stupendous. Well, I'm excited, man. I, um, you know, we, we've briefly talked about what we want this to look like um, and just chance encounters of how things come about. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I told you the whole story, but um, this podcast was something I had a I started a while ago, never really was consistent. Um, and then thanks to our mutual friend, Jen, she connected us and yeah, I, I've been telling people it's funny how sometimes you meet somebody and it feels like you've known them. Right. right? And that first conversation, that's what it felt like. Um, and I've even tried to like do a podcast with my best friend who we have some great conversations, but he's in Houston and it's hard to get the energy flowing. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, that we've connected, excited about doing a podcast, um, just looking looking forward to where this goes. So um, one of the things we talked about, and I think this will be interesting for everybody following, uh, is to question each other in this first podcast and just kind of see where that goes. Um, and I'll start with the first podcast because this may determine um, how far this podcast lasts. Uh, are you a music lover? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, this may determine for our audience... Um, if Chris is a good co-host or if I need to look for somebody else, right? <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson, yes, sir. better album, Thriller or Off the Wall? Dang. Thanks. That's hard. You went, you went back on me. I'm not, I'm See, not, I don't even think it's that hard. See, well, I mean, because Thriller, you got Thriller, which is super popular. I mean, it's, I'm going to have to just go with Thriller then. I'm gonna oh, thriller. Ooh, okay. Thriller. Just because, <sighs> and the reason I say so is the movie that's included with that is just right, right, that. Right. That was... I can literally remember that as a child. Like, yeah. I, can, I can literally, right now, I may be seeing it. I mean, it was on MTV when MTV actually played music. Right, 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 right. But it was just so, because Michael Jackson wasn't, as a kid, it wasn't like, oh, Michael Jackson, that's the man. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. I've gotten older, I understand, like, his Yeah, and like, how great like, he really was. Right, 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 right. People play fake and stuff like that. You see him in concert, like, oh, okay, Michael is bad. Um, but you're just young and you're, you're, you're naive. But when... Just the way it made me feel, how he turned into the car, how he's in the, yeah, he's in the yeah, club, yeah. they're in the bar scene, they're popping, dancing. But it was like a movie slash musical, but it was cool. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was smooth. It was legit. Like, Michael had this way of making things just because he wouldn't even let, he wouldn't, he's not a man's man. Right, right, right. Like, especially in African American culture, you, as a kid growing up, it's like you want a strong man. He had the light skin, he had the right, right, man, right. Dads, he stuffed the glove, he could dance like no other. Right, right, right. So it was just like, it was always this weird thing. But as soon as Thriller came out, that the movie, I'm going to have to say, the movie was amazing. Too. So so I'm going to beg to differ. Okay. I'm more of an off the wall, right? This is Michael Jackson with the afro. Okay. Right? Okay. So musically, um, I, I just thought it was a better, uh, it was better music, 
right? But you got to think with Thriller, uh, here comes Quincy, Quincy Jones, who Quincy is a genius. And he saw Mike's talent and was able to take that and, and create the movie experience, right? So Thriller, and that's not to say, like, you know, when you compare things, it's not to say that one is bad, one is good, exactly. right? right? But just from a music standpoint, off the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of soul, right? It, it didn't feel like a studio album. It felt authentic. It, it felt authentic. authentic. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so just the interesting thing. And it was in my adulthood that I had to sit back and listen off the wall, like, yo, this album is really, really crazy. But it what it's like, but it wasn't mainstream. You know what I mean? No, exactly, exactly. And that's why, and that's why when you say off the wall, when you say that, I was like, I don't really I'm not familiar with that much off the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more of my father's introduction to Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, as I've gotten older, I love the stuff back there. Right. It, it makes it makes you more appreciative. Of yeah. It. Sometimes we got to go back and listen to those back. things, right? right? Gotta go back. Um, gotta go back. But I'm, I'm gonna forgive you for Thriller and just uh, <laughs> just because just... because the movie. I was even thinking about not even the movie from Thriller. It was the movie. I think it was on a Thriller album, but I don't even remember the song. But the song where he, like I said, he turned into the car. It was like all of his, all of his music videos. But I know that was Return. definitely after. So Thriller, the big one was uh, was it's Thriller up. and uh, Billie Jean. Right. Those right. were the two big right. music videos. Now, one of my favorite videos of all time was when he did Smooth Criminal. I think it's definitely one of the ones. And my, I remember them bashing a car. I don't remember him turning into the car. Because it was like a, it was a music video type of movie situation yeah, yeah. where he was in the bar, they were fighting in the bar, like a little night fight situation, I think. Oh, so no, that was, uh, that was beat it. Okay. Because like it. they, they locked in beat with it. like the knife, yeah, the so dancing knife fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think there's even another one besides beat it too. Well, so he has bad, right? That was a he long one. To the car. You know what I'm talking about? Where he morphed into the car. And now I'm curious. I got to go back and figure that one out. We got to figure that one out. Yeah, it's it's a it's an easy way to kind of open up the doors and just kind of figure. First test. We got a makeup quiz coming later. All right. What's what's your first question? I have a lot of questions. Honestly, you know, how about just uh. Just a, a quick overview of just where you came from, where you were raised, I okay. think would be kind of cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd break down from there. Okay. Kind of. Because the question is kind of, you might add, you might answer those some actually within that. Right, right, right. Well, I, I like to say um, Passaic, New Jersey raised me and Texas made me. Okay. Right? It's where I spent most of my time. So I uh, born and raised in Passaic, New Jersey, a city about 20 minutes uh, outside of New York City. So shout out to Jersey. Um had an opportunity to go to Grambling State University for college, for college. So still, you know, repping the Z, the G. And interesting story how I got there. I was a track athlete and really thought I wanted to continue track and um, got an opportunity to um, be offered a partial scholarship to Manhattan College in New York and uh, did a semester of uh, community college while I went and trained with them. And I just realized it, it just wasn't a fit for me. Right. It's a really expensive school. Um, I didn't come from, you know, money for anybody to fund that opportunity. So at the time, I think it was like $26,000 a semester and it was a partial scholarship. So I'm like, where am I going to get the rest of this money from? Right. Um, I had some 
um, familiarity with Gremlin because they played a game against Hampton every year in the Meadowlands. Matter of fact, they're playing again this year after the first time in like 20 something years. And I was looking forward to going to Jersey for Labor Day, but um, knew about them. I looked in a book and saw how much they were. And I was like, oh, we can make this happen. Um, but what really put me over the edge, I had a homegirl, Gina, uh, Reverend McKinney. I know you're listening right now. Um, I just talked to her the other day about her podcast coming up. But um, I, she went to Hampton. Okay. So me and my buddy, Rashard, we drove down to Hampton. I went to a party. And I was like, yo, if this is what a black college is like, I'm definitely going to Grambling. And that really helped me make the the move. Like Hampton was great, but it was more than what, you know, I felt comfortable with, you know, at the time. When I called my dad, like, yo, I'm going to take the next semester off, go to Grambling in the fall. Um, so I went down to Atlanta with him, worked for several months, and that's what we did. He drove me out uh, fall of 95 uh, to Grambling State University, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. Um, been in Texas since 2000. Uh, my degree is in information technology. That lasted about four or five years, and then I got into personal training and been doing that ever since. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, I got a couple of questions from that. Right. Funny, you said uh, information technology. I went to University of Texas management information technology. Okay. Yeah. 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 National basis, uh, you know, side level. That's funny you say that. Right. Crazy how things work out. It's funny how life can take you in directions that you don't plan. Right. Like that's and, and a lot of that. Even now, we have to realize we don't have the control we think we have. Right. Because even my my. Uh, launch into fitness was even interested, right? It came from from my dad passing away and my own health issues, right? Like I'm 25 or 24 on high blood pressure meds, right? So I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta fix this, right? Too much partying and all that, right? But um, I was gonna work part time at a gym, and Friday there was like this new higher orientation coming up. That Wednesday I got laid off. Right. And it's one of those things like I had so much clarity in that moment. Right. Like I'm just laughing as the guy is he's letting me go. I got this six month severance package and um, he's trying to we got all these job resources. And I'm laughing because in that moment, I know this is what God intended. Right. It's, it's like one of those weird kind of moments of clarity. Be like, God, you got jokes. Right. And I'm, I'm just going to, you know, walk in this path. So I jumped in full time and been full time ever since. Yeah. What about so Texas 2000 got into fitness somewhat accidentally for health reasons and whatnot. What has kept you in Texas? Um, man, just built a life here, bro. Um, got married in 03, got two great kids. Um, no state taxes. Right. <laughs> like, I've, you know, since I've been here, I never want to go anywhere else. You know, like I love to travel and just from a affordability standpoint. Right. I'm I'm well aware of what property was costing in New Jersey when I was there, right? Like, you know, the house, I mean, you've seen where I live, the house I have now, I mean, it was a pretty penny, but in Jersey, man, that might be a fixer upper for the cost, right? So the cost of living wise, I just realized, hey, if I, if I want to live the type of life I want to live, this is the place for me, right? And I, you know, after, after being away, the allure of the city and fast pace that I didn't miss that. Right. right? So even when I go back now, it's, it's amazing seeing old friends, but it's time to go, right? Like I'm, I'm at a different place in my life and the, the fast paced environment, that's just no longer for me. Um, so, you know, things are a little bit slower here. I get to kind of chill out, relax. And so it's, it's kept me here. Yeah. How, um, 
you have seen so this is your quiz you've seen the movie school days right i have seen school okay, days so how did you feel that that represented the feel of black colleges and music oh you know what i'm because i feel like how school days was where it depicted i think it's i think it's still very very present still very tangible today what goes on in right, the right. black community as well and i think now like we don't see it as much as we used to right, right, right. but it's definitely where because you know you had you had like for me i didn't really i wasn't when i grew up i wasn't around blacks right, right, right. i grew up in compton in the hood right throwing there five five six year olds dallas my dad was like hey we got to get I don't want to raise my kids in this area. Right, right, right. Do this to the suburbs. So I was in Raleigh. Right, right, right. I'm sticking out like like a sore thumb. Bro, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, black yeah. Spot on a very white cheek. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. Big black spot. Um, so for me, my first interactions with other kids, white kids and black kids, it was like the black kids hated my guts because I didn't sound like them. Right. I didn't dress like them. Right. The white kids hated my guts because I wasn't them. Right. Uh, so I was stuck. I was stuck. I mean, now when I was a kid, I hated. I was. My best friend was a dog in middle school. That's the I'll never forget. Right. I've never had a better friend in my life. No, right. No offense, homies out there. But this dog was like, it was just, it was just. I didn't have to have a leash on him. I didn't have any proper training. But me and that dog right, had right. keys and carrots. And as I got older, it just helped me, kind of, because I knew both sides. Right, right, right. From being young, I was younger, it helped. It kind of made me solitary and have to do things on my own and not worry about other people. But at the same time, I knew the secrets and tricks of both sides. Right, right, right. Part. So that was kind of growing up that helped me and seeing movies like school days where it was like you know you had your black preps mm -hmm. you had your black uh, football players and you had the rebels like right, right, right. kind of situation that interaction was just crazy even how they did the women right they did poor little spike lee on the rushing and whatnot yeah so i'm i think there were some similarities but obviously like school days exaggerated a lot right. of it right um it showed a lot of like the Greek culture and I, I didn't pledge. So okay. some of that I can't really speak to, but I, I think for me, a better, maybe I shouldn't say better, but a bigger influence was um, a different world, right? Okay. Because oh, okay. that was, that was, way. yeah, but, but think about it. You got to see years of them like coming into this college experience and, and maturing from freshmen into like Dwayne is working at the, co right? Yeah. So you got to see what that life was really like, you know? And looking, you know, there was a time where I used to think like, man, I really wish I'd went to a, a PWI largely because I thought it would have given me a broader experience. But in hindsight, I realized that that that's not true, right? You got graduates of HBCUs doing big things across the world, right? But you miss that sometimes because you look at, you know, at, at 26 years old and I'm looking at the size of a UT or, a, you know, Alabama and just think like, man, that culture had to be amazing. But for a lot of people, I'm sure it wasn't amazing, they right? The they got lost in the mix, right? Whereas in, to, to, to go explore everything, right. so much to do. Yeah, and school, and school, right? <laughs> and it's and you, you think about how easy it is to like that's your first real taste of freedom, right? Going to college, so it is real easy to get lost in that, have too much freedom, and flunk out. And that doesn't matter if you go to a small school or a big school, right? Yeah. Some people just don't handle freedom well. And many people go to college and they were so like, um, there was so much control of them that once they get out on their own, they don't know how to manage it. Now that was a big benefit of growing up where I grew up. I had so much freedom to move around, right? Me and my buddies would just hang in the city just to go, right? Whereas when I came to college, it was like, oh, okay. Like I'm in a college in the South, it's slow. 
it wasn't my first time tasting freedom. So I was able to excel in college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now that, you know, my oldest daughter is 16, about to be 16, looking at colleges and she's intent on going to HBCU, which I'm super excited about. And like I tell her now, something I didn't realize then going to an HBCU for me was like being in Wakanda, right? You're surrounded by your own people for this period of your life. Right. All the social things that go on now in colleges, I just never had to deal with. It was a part of my adulthood, but it wasn't a part of my college experience. The reality is we have all of our life to be black. Right. And all of our life to to intermingle with different cultures, which is great. And I want her to do I want us all to do. But for this period of time, I got to enjoy it in a culture where I, I never had to explain myself. Right. So it was, it was just a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Very, dude, you talk about home. I never forget, man. Miss Lamel, she was our cooperative education director. If I needed a plate, if I needed food on Sunday, call Miss Lamel and I'm at her house, right? So it's just a different experience. Like it's not, it's, it's very inclusive being in HBCU because you don't just take classes with your professors, they become part of your family. Right. They know you here a thousand miles from home in a lot of places. I have friends that were from Gramlin and you only got to meet their parents once. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like you want something to eat, come over. And it's just the way that they open your arms is just a different experience mm -hmm. that at a larger school. I don't know that I would have got that. That's beautiful. Yeah. And see, that's just I mean, I'm really liking this. I'm liking this. Um, it was uh, and for me, cut quite the opposite. Right. Right. Somewhat the opposite. Because now you're in a major city. Right. And my dad was my dad was super, super strict, crazy strict to the point where when I was a kid, I'm not going to say I hate them, but I just never really understood. For me, it was just it was like, bro, you're on my back all day long and I'm succeeding. Like right, I had no right. in school at all. School came real easy for me. Uh, I was smart enough to utilize my resources around. I like, talked to smart friends. Right. What happened in the second period? What's going down? What was up with the test? Cool. Cool. We got that. Right. I'm a real quick learner. Always have been. But I think it, it dates back to just dealing with him. With him was just. You're a black guy in a white area. You got to be ten times better. Right, be right, right. Better. There's no excuses. I don't. There's, there's, there's no discussion with this. You got to be ten times better, or you're gonna die, or I'm gonna kill you. Right. Um. And so when I was younger, I kind of there was a pushback. It was almost like this guy's my my greatest opponent. He's yeah, 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 this, yeah. This is King Cooper at the castle. I gotta beat him. Right. I gotta beat him. So it was like this competition. But it was lots of love in the house. We never, we never need anything. And he wanted me to play sports. He was big on sports. But he has chronic arthritis, so he couldn't go farther into sports. But anything I need in sports was taken care of. Right. Hey, you need a new glove, Chris. You ain't gonna break that glove. And come on, Dad, I want right, to right, right, right. break the glove. And he was a coach for us a little bit. Um, he was crazy though. My dad had that ghetto father attitude where I'd come home from school. He'd be like, "Hey, uh, so our school today? Mm -hmm. Good, Dad." He goes, uh, "So you were you were playing kickball and uh, you." You were safe, but then the very next play when you're on defense, the white kid came to base and he was out. Well, what was the argument? Then? Right, he right, right. He was out. It was real close on both sides. And I'm like, you're watching me, man? What's going on? And he's just like, look, you are on stage when you're in this earth and you never know who's watching you. And it's not about how you act when people see you. It's about how you act when people don't see you. So he goes, right, right, you, right. Me, you are a representation, a reflection of me. So as I got older, everything was always strict. I remember... The first kind of argument we got in when I moved out the first time, I think I was 18. Uh, me and my homies had planned to go to South Padre Island for spring break. Spring break, And I had this math teacher, I don't remember his name because it's not important, but he was a little delirious. He, he, would, he would get questions wrong on the board. And math is like my son. Right, right, right. Math down like the back of my hand. 
I'd be in the class sleeping. He'd wake me up and ask me a question. I'd go, hey, it's there. Come on. And you forgot to carry the one. Let's, let's get it together. Right, right, right. Go back to sleep. So he calls my dad, I think a week before spring break, or the weekend before spring break, and says, hey, you know, Chris is really, really just, he he is, he talks a lot. He's he's distracting my class, very distractive. And, and anytime anybody called dad, I know that's serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I, I can't believe you did that. But the problem that bothered me was, I had a 99 in this man's class. Yeah. One point away from perfection. A 99 in this man's class. And my dad said, hey, this weekend, you know, this weekend coming up, don't ask him to go anywhere because uh, you ground it. I'm all cool. You know, it's just the weekend. Spring break ain't coming to the next week. Right. We come up. I'm getting ready to go Monday. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, we, we got spring break. I got plans. We're going to South Padre. Like, I'm, I'm out. He's like, no, I said you were grounded for the week. I was like, Dad, no, you said the weekend. He said, no, I said the week. I was like, Dad, I wouldn't even agree to that. Like, agree to <laughs> I agreed to it. <laughs> Dad, I was just like, Dad, I got a 98 in class, and I took him back to where there was a time at elementary school where they implemented a new rule for us to ride bikes, and you couldn't ride your bike on the sidewalk while you're coming to school. You'd have to walk on the sidewalk. Right. About three days prior to this, I was on the playground playing soccer one of the bullies, I fell. I kicked him in the shin. He started chasing me. I fell on all fours. He came behind me, kicked me in my tailbone. I lost the use of my legs for the whole day. I couldn't oh, man. So dad comes to the school. The school was trying to write me up. They're like, hey, your son, we're going to discipline your son because he was scuffling. Right. My dad was scuffling. I was like, he can't walk. He got kicked in his butt. What do you mean scuffling? Right, 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 right. So with that story, uh, he brought up to them because that year they were trying to take away my awards for academics. And he mm-hmm. goes, hey, that little scuffling situation has nothing to do with academics. He earned right, 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 this right, academics. Right. This is that. This is disciplinary. This is academics. Those are separated. So he went in there. My dad would cause a rush for people. Uh, so the principal saw me. I saw the principal. I knew the principal's car. I'm riding my bike to school one day. And I see the principal. So I jump off on the side and start doing like a little the school thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, school yeah. thing. The school thing. What you outside the bike. Right. Principal saw me. Brother, he's like, Chris, good job. And then that year he gave me an award for that because they were trying to make up for my father for right, a right, detention right. situation. So when, long story long, getting back to the situation with my father grabbing me for spring break, I followed up that situation. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Dad, remember you said when you went to the school, education's here, academics are here, discipline's here. I got an idea. Right. Yes, you are right. I messed up in the class. I'm being distracted. But just like you said, the point of school is get those grades. Right. If I got 4.0 to go to a college to get a, the scholarship, it may hurt me a little bit. They said he talks a lot and whatnot. Yeah. But I'm bored. Yeah, I'm bored. Yeah, I got perfect yeah, grades. Yeah. Like, you know what's going on. So it was interesting. He didn't back down. You're still grounded. So he went to work. I left a note, very explained note, like, hey, this is just, this is inconsistent. I've done what you said with everything. Hey, bro, we, my dad still has that note to this day. He brought wow. it day and showed it to me because I stapled it. I uh, stapled it on the garage door. And I moved out, moved in with my homie with spring break, had a great time. Right. Uh, ended up staying at his house for a little bit. Dad got me moved back. But uh, going to college, with all that strictness from him and always on my back, when he got to school, just like you said, I was just like, I'm finally free. Right, I was right, right. here. I can go do what I want. So I was, I was playing, and I didn't want to go to school. I was over school probably about fourth, fifth grade. I was like, this is just a joke. This is just a joke. <laughs> because the thing is, because with every with every year, you know, the fifth grade teachers, hey, this is fifth grade. You better get it together. Yeah, sixth yeah, grade, yeah. You're going to take that crap. You're going up to a new level. You get to sixth grade, that's a little stricter but it's the right. same stuff seventh eighth grade when you get out of eighth grade you go to ninth grade they ain't playing you get to ninth they're like this is still pretty yeah yeah, yeah so then when i when i got out of that and went to college i went to university of texas i had a scholarship at ou partial but it was too far from home i was like i don't want to it was just country out there i don't want to leave right uh, went to utd was commuting and it was just terrible it was terrible i think if maybe i would have been 
put on campus and not working and, and just there and have to do it, right. it would have been a different story. But the fact that, like you said, the freedom that I didn't have, getting that freedom, but at the same time, too, I was working. I had two or three jobs. I'm paying for all my stuff. Yeah, and that, that's a hard deal, right? Working and going to college. Um, because part of college is an experience, right? And I question that now, just with the cost of school me as and well, me as well. with technology too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The thing is, I'm a little, and I agree. I think there's certain things where you just have to go to school to get, but there's a right. lot of stuff where I feel like if I'd have known I could have got a GED or I'd have got a GED, and right now I could probably be a CEO of a company. So right, right, right. On my own, if, if not anything. Right. Just because of that extra two to three years, I was just. Yeah, and, and how much is school to be used in? Yeah, you know, I don't know what it, I that, don't that's a, about taxes right now. Yeah. I'm learning about trust. I'm learning about life insurance policy. Well, I, I think a lot of the things that as we get older and we learn about that we shouldn't learn in high school is just not taught. Right. Like, I think banking and financing and economics, that should be taught in high school because for the student that chooses not to go to school and they get their first apartment or whatever, they have to know how to budget that money. And, I, and, and once again, I think it should even be, I think it should be encouraged even at a younger age. Yeah. I think even at a younger age, just the point where like it's it's known, where you can get out of school and give advice to people right. about those kind of things. Because even, I mean, even say my parents who all have degrees, right. even my sister who's a CRNA, eight years of school at least, right. been in 10. And there's still so much information where it's just, everything's just so singular, I feel like. Right. You know, she knows drugs and how to put people to sleep very, very well. Right, 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 right. Nutrition. Like I was just, I just got certified as well with uh, ISSA. Right. And I was asking my, my mom and sister questions. You know, she's Marine, the other one's a CRNA. I just want to quiz them. How do you right, know right. body, physiology, anatomy? And they were just, they were strong. Well, that's even an interesting thing in that, like, uh, if you start a new diet program and changing the way you eat, they consult your doctor, right? The doctors don't know anything about nutrition. Right. The doctors practice medicine. Right. right? Treatment, treatment. Yeah. They 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 treat um the symptoms, but not the cause. Right. right? Where nutrition can oftentimes fix the cause, not always, but we are taught to go to people who don't know anything about nutrition to fix our problems, right? Um, whereas I think we need to be given nutrition is more notoriety and more play because they've looked at it from a much broader perspective and have gone to school strictly for nutrition, right? right? So it's an interesting thing. You know, the, one of the things that's interesting about what you were saying and with your dad, and I, I, I've recently really started thinking about this as it relates to parenting. Oftentimes our parents can only parent based off of what they know. 100%. And what they know is oftentimes how they were parented, right? So, you know, like if your dad was like raised in the 50s or 60s, Right. And then here you are coming up in the 80s and he's trying to raise you like it's the 60s. Well, these are two different times. Right. And I think that's so prevalent now, largely because of technology. Right. Like I think about, you know, my, my mother in law. Right. I remember there was a period where she's trying to teach my girls how to write cursive. And I'm thinking, why? Like that's cursive is not making a comeback. <laughs> yeah. Right, but back then we all did. But I still think I think forget. I don't. I don't think it's so much a form of. I even think the basis of cursive. I don't think it's so much a form of even using or coming back. I think it's a form of discipline. Yeah, I think it's a form of and also motor control of your skin, also the patience with right. your hand, taking the patience to write up something cursive, collect it, and to make it pretty too. Because I'm sure they couldn't just scribble with the grandma. Right, right, you know right. I'm saying they had to. But time but here here's the thing though. So you could do that with cursive and, and for a time, that's a skill set. Mm -hmm. 
but literally they don't write. Right? Like they they have their own um not laptops, but uh like the pads. So literally everything they do is digital, right? But then that's the gap on the on the flip side is that their grandparents, like my mom and 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 my wife's mom, um, they're a little behind from a technological standpoint. Right. So the 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 way that my kids need to be taught and even parented, we can't neglect the the technological influence of that. But then my mom and my and my uh, my mother in law are not prepared for that. Right. So I I I look at my generation and, and I I really do think we are the greatest generation. I'm sure everybody's generation right. thinks that. But I just look at we tend to work hard, but yet we came in right when the internet was coming about. So we have the best of both worlds, right? Right. And we have the power of perspective to look at people who didn't um, really adapt well to technology and see how they're struggling now. And in my mind, that tells me when new things come out, I can't allow myself to just dismiss it and be like, oh, no, that's because we are only going to keep moving forward. Right. Yeah. Which we, we, I definitely want to kind of have an episode where we talk about that. Cause I, I think about that particularly in terms of not yet. I've been, I've been reading about like when I sent you that article the other day. Yeah. So, so crazy deal there. Crazy deal there. Um, so I'm, I'm a big reader, right? Uh, what are the, the top three books that have had the biggest impact on you? The Alchemist, okay, for sure. And I think the impact from The Alchemist is just simple as is, is the story I got from it is everything you're looking for is right there. True. You already have True. it right there. You can go on whatever journeys you want, but it's right there. Right, right, right. Uh, and you just have to realize it. What else? Uh, number one probably is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like I said, I had that book for about 10 years because I, I heard about it. It's like, this is one of the best books. It's from the 40s or 50s. Right. And this book still does amazing these days. So I was like, let me check it out. And I kept it for about 10 years because I thought the title was corny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Friends and Influence. I got friends. Yeah. Uh, but that from that book, one of the biggest things I got was, it's funny, I tell my sisters, be a dog. Be a dog. Mm-hmm. Be a dog. When, when you leave a room for a year, a week, five days, 10 minutes, you come back to that dog. That dog acts like the the, the president that came. <laughs> yeah, from yeah, yeah. He's got stakes with him. You right, know? right, right. It's, Super it's, excited. So that's why people love dogs, just because that emotion they bring every time. Right. Like somebody missed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He is here. All can, everybody, everybody, he's back. We can all go back to normal <laughs> now. You know, and if you start treating people like that, your life will, it, it's, it's, and that, that's something that I think I've struggled with is just kind of like you said about how God puts you in ways or just things. And it's kind of a conversation I'm ongoing with my sisters and family right now to the point where it's just, why are we sporadic? Right, right, right. Why do we say that must have been God? I'm going to do a, a slight pause. So one thing I didn't realize. All right. And we are back. Um, so that was an interesting thing to find out, uh, switching apps so that we can continue talking without yes. the interrupt- <laughs> interruptions. Um, but like I said, it's kind of cool that, you know, we learn as we go and people right. can see and hear and understand that experience. Um, but let's pick up where we left off with the, um, how to win friends and influence people and how we should, we should be a dog. Be a dog, right. <laughs> just, be, just be a good dog. Yeah, a good yeah, dog. Yeah. I mean, and then too, I mean, think about a dog doesn't talk back. A dog doesn't have problems. A dog, right. whatever you put in that bowl, the dog's going to eat for the most part. Right. I mean, just a loyal friend that just 
there's no judgment from a dog. You right. can be the worst person you can possibly be. You can beat the crap out of a dog, yeah. and that dog's still going to forgive you the next day. Cause and it's like, hey. like, I did something wrong. I, let me figure out how to love you better. Right. right. <laughs> but exa- exactly. And I think we could take. I think we could take a lesson from that. Right. Um, I mean, there's so many, so many small examples in that book that have just helped me throughout life. I'm trying to think what number three would be. Number three would probably be one of my yoga books. Okay. It'd probably be, uh, I can't even think of the, the title right now. It's so rude of me. But it'd probably be one of the yoga books. I think the first one I was given uh, when I got with Core Power Yoga and did the Hot Power Fusion training, which is yoga training you think is going to be learning about the human body anatomy and how to teach a yoga class, which definitely it is, but it's more so learning about yourself, learning how mm. to be a proper represent rep, representative of a safe, comfortable space. Right. And in doing so, you have to work on what's going on inside just because people feel off of your vibrations, especially in a yoga room. Yeah, people yeah, more yeah, sensitive yeah. So if you're coming in and you're down or you're upset. Or people you're feel upset, it. People feel it. Like, right. You could just tell when a yoga teacher just not in the mood to be there. I haven't had a lot of classes like that, but the one I there's one I remember where it was just like he either is not happy to be here, or just something else is going on. Right. Um, but yeah, so I I I actually wasn't a reader. I used to hate reading. I just was, right. I was always the guy's like I can't stand when people say, "Oh, the book is much better than the movie." I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you ever yeah, seen yeah. a movie? <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I got with a company called Amway. Mm-hmm. And they got me the way they introduce you to the companies where it's like, here, here's a book. Right. We'll call you in three days after the book. If you don't read it, don't mind, even answer the call, right, we'll right, see you right. later. Got the book, started talking, started hanging out with those people. They taught me how important it is. Because we talk about it. We always talk about your environment and the people around you. Right. And I think with Amway it kind of just showed me, especially being around people that win or that have that winning attitude, how much that just pushes you no matter what. Right. Like no matter what type of mood you're in, no matter how rough life was getting me when I went to that group with those people it was it was just it was it's a different energy it's a crazy right. different energy so I was a part of a network marketing group a while ago and people can say what they want about what the business want. model right but to be in an environment where everybody is focused on self-improvement right it's that is different empowering. that is empowering. like it's different right and you know it's no different than life. Like people always say, oh, only three, four, five percent make all the money. That's life, right? right. We could look at America. I think you could also say only three, four, five percent actually put in that hard work as True. well. Only three, True. four, five percent are waking up at four o'clock in the morning. Only yeah. three, four, five percent ain't partying every single day they have a chance to. Right. Celebrating at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, at yeah. the lunch table, you know. And and what we do with that self improvement is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. For some people it might lead them from going from zero to a million dollars. For somebody else, it might just get them out of depression. Right. Right. So what it does for everybody is, dra- you know, drastically different. Um, you know, I'm, I've been a reader for a long time. Um, Your three favorite books. Oh, um, you know, it's it seems cliche, but I have to say the Bible. Okay. Um, okay. And I, you know, I read the Bible every morning, and the older I get, the more I see, similar to. Um, the alchemist, everything we need is here, mm-hmm. right? There is not a problem we can go through that isn't addressed in the Bible in some way. We just have to, I think, be still and hear God speaking to us, mm-hmm. right? Because, you, you know, you can read the same thing multiple times and there's just a different perspective based on where you are in life. 100%. And it, it was a long time for me to get to that point. And I, and I joke with people about how I remember when I started reading the Bible and it started making sense because there was a time like... 
I look at it and it was like hieroglyphics, right? right? But then there was a point where I was really growing and hungry. And I remember reading Genesis and I'm like, man, this is like the young and the restless, Seriously, right? right. Like the, the stories, the way they were laid out. I'm like, man, this is crazy, right? Um, so that would be number one for me. Number two, uh, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Um, outside of the Bible, that is probably my favorite book of all of all time because it does deal with like how powerful the mind is. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite pieces in there, he talks about a man's mind is likened to a garden. And if you plant uh, beautiful things and nurture it, beautiful flowers will grow therein. But if you let the weeds fester and take over, right, it'll basically warp your mind. And I, I just look at the times that we're in now between social media and gossip and just all kind of stuff, right? There's a lot of weeds in our mind that we need to try to, you know, 100%. pull away from and, and prune and just plant pretty things again. Well, that reminds me of something I heard in yoga. Yeah. Uh, your mind is a garden, your thoughts are seeds. Do you plant yeah. flowers or do you plant weeds? That's deep. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, man, the third, uh, a solid third is hard. So I'm going to give you two of my favorite books from last year. Coffee at a tie. Well, they were just different. Like one is like this book of, I don't know if I could call it poetry, but okay. that's what it kind of felt like. Uh, a guy named Young Pablo. And it's a book called Inner. And he, the way he writes, it then makes you start questioning yourself. Like, do I really know myself? Right? Which is a thing. Like, we think because we're walking around in these bodies that we know ourselves, but, but if you start asking enough questions, exactly, you, yes. you'll find out sometimes how far away you are from we yourself. Think, right, your thoughts and your yeah. reality are sometimes. We're, we're trying to hide and not let people. And it's one of those things, if we don't let people see us, we also are hiding from ourselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you can't hide from somebody else and be present with yourself, right? It's all hidden because you're not being honest about where you are, right? Um, the other one was a book, and I forget the, the author of this one, but the other one, um, it was called When Breath Becomes Air. Okay, you tell me about that. Um, and it was like, a, he was a neurologist that he goes from saving lives to dealing with his own mortality when he is diagnosed with cancer. Um, and it's just so beautifully written. Um, and just a, it's just it was just a great book. I. Uh, I'm not one to like not be able to put a book down on vacation, Mm -hmm. but that one I literally just could not put down. I'm like, are we going to dinner? Uh, Let me get a couple more pages. Like, (laughs) I just needed to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, let's go take a nap. I don't need no nap, man. I got this. I'm not sleeping. I got this book. I got this book. I'm thinking too much. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those are my favorite. I I like books that really make me think um, and that help me, you know, learn myself a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. those would be my favorites. And I was also thinking how you're saying how like times grow up of raising children in the past and the past. And I, I don't know when I saw it, but there was a diagram where they were just talking about almost the severity of fathers, of how it's almost like a circle mm. of how one father's a crazy beater and the next son after him has a choice to be either crazy of a beater or oh, less yeah, of a beater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next son, and usually what happens is it goes in stairs to where the next one's like a little bit lighter. Hey, that dad was light. The next one's lighter, next one's lighter. Then that one goes, these fools are too light and goes back up to crazy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's lighter, lighter, or the opposite direction where it's right, light, light, crazy, 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 yeah. back down. Um, and that's literally kind of how I think it came because my papa Ed did not. He was, but he was a stepfather with six boys in Compton. Mm-hmm. So he had to be serious. And he was, I remember as like a little kid, my first introduction to Pop Ed, I remember as a little kid, I remember I was on a tricycle. 
and I was riding down the street and he said, Chris, turn around. Papier didn't repeat himself at all. Chris, mm -hmm. turn around. So I turned around, but I did like a... A slow, you know, at my own pace. By yeah, the yeah. time I had got to back to see him, he was on me, grabbed the tricycle, was hitting the tricycle against me right, right, to right. the house. I'm like, this man is crazy. I just met you, yeah. homie. And my dad comes home like, he didn't beat me. This guy is crazy. That's all what happened. He told me to turn around. He's like, you didn't turn around when he told you to, did you? Right. Oh. And it, it's, it's, I mean, my dad used to tell me stories about one of the brothers would steal cookies and all of them would get beat. Everybody's yeah. going to get beat because he's like, hey, I like your daughter sticking together, but yeah. I got to get the corporate here, so I'm going to get all of it. Yeah. And but, you, you know, one of the challenges, though, and, and this is where I try to be a, a better parent, right, is the, um, like you say, you didn't turn around fast enough. Well, why am I turning around? Right? Like, we, I, I, looking back, I really hate that uh, mentality of because I said so. See, there, okay. there's no, there's I like no. That you brought that up. I really like that you brought that there's up. There's no learning in that. I see. I'm still. There's parts of that. I agree a thousand percent. Because there's parts where. Hmm. Hmm. That's a. That's good. That's so. Good. And I, I'll give you an analogy for that. Right. Like. Um. There's a story. Um. Uh, a young lady meets a guy she's interested in, invites him over, and she makes him pot roast, and he's like, "Man, that's one of the best pot roasts I've ever eaten." But why do you cut the, the ends off? And she's like, I don't know. That's the way my mother told me to do it or taught me to do it. Right. right? So that she calls her mom. Hey, mom, I just made pop rose for this new my guy I'm dating. Right. Like, why? Why do we cut the ends off? It's like, oh, that's the way that my mother did it. So they call the grandmother. Grandma, um, love the pot rose. Right. Why do we cut the ends off? I don't know. That's why. That's the way my mother always did it. So they they called the great grandmother who's still alive. Hey, Granny, um, just made pot rolls. But then I was I was wondering why do we cut the ends off of the pot rolls when we cook it? Well, baby, that was the only way it would fit in the pot, right? So they're doing things for generations with no understanding of why. Oh my gosh, that's good. I was right? thinking about that on the way here. About so our traditions, yeah, they're traditions, and we don't understand why. And traditions are fine. But you should know why you do them, right? Why is this important? Because now they just wasted meat thinking that this was the way that a pot roast was supposed to be cooked. But they have a larger pot now and they could have put the whole thing in there, 100%. right? So when he tells you to turn around, it could be, hey, if you cross that street, you're going to be in some territory where you shouldn't be. Or, or turn around so that I can see you, right? Why are you telling me to turn around so that I know that I don't need to hear you say it again? I know that when I get to this point, maybe it's not safe for me to be over there. But if you don't explain that to me and just want to use your authority, I don't get it. I just think you're trying to use the authority over me. Well, see, there's, there's see, I got, I got two points. I, I actually three things coming saying that because I, I don't know why I was thinking about this. I'm thinking about that that conversation where you said. I think at some point too to kind of piggyback on it and go, but I'm gonna go back to what we were talking about. Is that I think in life at some point in time, and it might have to do with that what you're talking about is that we stop asking why. It gets to the point, too, as we grow older, even as employees, even as yeah, employees, yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I got fired from those last two jobs because I just asked why. Yeah. I was like, hey, we're doing this, but why? Like, yeah. can you just tell me why? And nobody could tell yeah, me yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. It just makes no you sense. don't want to listen to authority. Right. Respect your authority. Exactly. I respect you, but I also, I, I'm a knowledge seeker. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want, so I can, so I know, so I know, yeah. it's called transparency. Yeah. So I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. If it comes up, I can explain it to another employee yeah, 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 or yeah, just, yeah. just give me the peace of mind. No, I'm not doing something just like, cause you, I said, do it slave. Yeah. So to go back to the parenting thing though, I have two sides. I have one side to where I don't have to explain everything to you cause you're a dumb kid. Mm -hmm. And not to be rude, but 
you're you don't know what a dollar is. You don't know you don't know the the fiscal amount of a dollar. You don't know what that means. You don't know the fiat amount of a dollar. I can't. So for me to explain that to you, I'm wasting my time. Right. And I'm an adult. I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to love you. So listen to what I say. Now I think there should be a point in time to where that kid to where that starts to ease up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I think too, and this is just my opinion on that situation to where. When a kid is just ignorant, and that's for most of our lives, some of us are 40 years old, still ignorant, not me. Right, right, um, right. But then as a parent, you're going to have to stop every single time and explain something to somebody that doesn't even, you're, you're, they're not, not going to even fall in, in, on ears that understand. You know, you're explaining something like, hey, let me explain to you why there's a, a Santa Claus or a Easter Bunny right, or why right, there's right. not one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm definitely the parent, like, I think that I'm going to be 100% honest with my kids about everything. To the point where just about as much as I possibly can, as much right. as I possibly can, and not try to shield them or save them or have these cute little thoughts. Really good movie called Captain Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend seeing that. It's about a father that's raising the kids in the woods. Um, every day they wake up, they meditate. Every He has them doing book reports. Right, right, the kids right, right. Each speak four to five languages. Their arguments at the house in Port are like, hey, girls, y'all know languages we don't know. You're not allowed to right, use right, those right. languages at, at the dinner table. So just intelligent conversations. And then like one of the little kids is like, hey, Dad, what's sex? And this kid's like three or four. And he's all, well, when the male takes his penis and puts it in the girl's yeah, vagina. Yeah, yeah. And the, the kid's all, why would you want to do that? So the dad gets the kid a book and gives the kid's reading. He's going, ew, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just such a beautiful movie because it it's literally how I would like to if 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 I had the perfect scenario is how I'd like to raise a family kind of off the grid right. private school for the most part teaching what you want to learn but there's also that transition part to where just just like we're talking about to where I'll start explaining things to you because I know you can understand them and I'm not going to waste my time explaining things that I don't need to because I need to get these things done. But who gets to determine when they're ready to understand that's that's a good point too but i think but i think that's kind of that mutual thing where you're meeting in the middle right where you're where because just because like you said i think some parents just take it i think and no offense mom and dad but just laziness yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah. we're like i don't even feel like explaining things or so. tradition yes sir yeah exactly right yes, sir. And so and that's with black families too because now it's to the point of black families if you ask a question you're being disrespectful so i was just about to say not necessarily our generation but i think maybe Maybe our grandparents. I don't know if I could even say our parents. Um, our children were the only place where they could assert authority, right? So then it became because I said so. But what would you do if you heard your dad at work asking a question and his boss was like, just do it because I said so? Because right, right. because that was happening. But it still is happening. Yeah, it's, it's happening. I mean, yeah, it, it still is happening. right now. Right. But I think it's just, I think it's one of those things that's like when people have an opportunity to, um, I hate to say abuse power, but that's almost that's like, but that's what the parental system can be like sometimes, right? But you create a whole different dynamic when you're able to have those conversations, right? Because asking a question of why helps them understand, but it also helps them how to communicate. Now that's now that's that's very that's right. Very good point so right there. we get we get to a point yeah. where we're older, and like you said, right? We we stop asking why. Was well, it's because people stop answering our questions, right? And, and we've we've lost the ability to be and curious. And, and also, think it's looked upon in this society as a negative thing to, right. to ask because you oh you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. But think about the relationships that develop when you do ask. Right, right. Right. It's like all of a sudden I got this whole new dynamic. And more than anything, I think people love to teach. Right. right? Like, oh, this person is curious about me. Mm -hmm. Let me share. Mm -hmm. Like, in general, I think people like that. Um, So, yeah, interesting thing for sure there. Interesting thing for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, What was was the next question you had on there? 
I've got a few. Um, how do you feel your parents impacted your life directly? Ooh, damn. Well, I would say for my mom, you know, my mom lives with me now. And I, I think back to um, a particular moment. We had moved to Florida um, and I didn't like it. And um, how old I, were you? I was I was a freshman in high school. OK. And she let me move back to New Jersey with my grandparents. Right. And I just look at that as one of the most selfless things anybody can do. Because I know my mom wanted me there with her, 100%. but she chose my happiness over what she wanted, right? And and I'll always be like thankful and appreciative for my mom doing that because it put me in the environment of the friends that I still have today, right? Going back to New Jersey. Um, my dad, a little bit different situation, right? Like uh, when I was younger, he was in and out, right? My parents are 19 and 20. So even now looking right, back, right. it's just a, it's a thing, right? Like, man, I, I said this to my mom a few months ago, like you were a kid raising me, right? right? And like, what, what can I expect? And I think she did an amazing job considering she was 19, right? Trying to figure out life. At 19, me with the kid, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't have a kid at 19. But my dad, a um, little bit different situation in that I was, um, a preteen when me and him started getting closer. Okay. All right. So I feel like we had a lot of loss, especially now that he's deceased. I feel like we had so much lost time, but he had to mature, right? To want to be the father, right? Um, but there, there were some things I look back like, man, that just, that wasn't good parenting. <laughs> right. Do you have a specific example that comes to mind? Well, so specifically, I think about like my dad had me in the strip clubs at sixteen. Okay. Right. Like, I don't. <laughs> I like the hesitation. Like, ah, ah. I don't think that was the right thing, right? right? Because it it set me on a path. Just your view of women, your view. Yeah, of, uh, my view of women that fathers treating women men, right. Why he has moms at home or whatnot. Right. All, there's, that's that's a lot of layers. So 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 that's the thing, and, and even you know I was telling somebody like when I got to college, man, and I'm gonna call my dad. One of the first questions you having sex, like so he was he wanted to make sure yes I was getting an education, but I was also like enjoying my time. So royal scenes, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it was just it was an interesting dynamic, right? Because he knew look. It's seven, eight women to every one of you. You better be enjoying yourself out there, right? And looking back at it now, I made decisions I, I know weren't right, and some of it was the pressure of that conversation. Right, right. Right, I didn't want to be like, nah, dad, I ain't getting none, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't really like this girl, but she's available. Might as well. Right, might as uh, well. Next time dad asks me, I don't have to lie to him. And now that's kind of a regret for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I've, I've had some relationships throughout the time that um, I think they were supposed to be in my life, right? But then there were some relationships that I'm like, damn, I might have scarred them, okay, right? Just, right? Just just, me being the, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Um, unintentionally, right. right? Just think, oh, I'm a guy, that's just what we do. Right. But having an inkling, like, I ain't really doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but you, you know, you grow and there's wisdom, but now these are also lessons that I talk to my girls about. Right. Like my daughter, I was telling her a couple months ago, like, look, you work hard, you run track, you lift weights, your body is maturing nicely. Don't let these boys telling you cute and impress you, right? Because sometimes that's all it takes. Like, mm -hmm. oh, he put a smile on my face because he liked the way I look. 
No, I always had ulterior motives. Well, and that's not going to change that's right. that's with, with my, my kids. Every day. Exactly. Right? So, um, and now I take the responsibility different, thinking that it has to be me teaching our girls about sex and dating because they need to understand the perspective of the 100%, guy. 100%. Right? Yes, I try to get my... And, like, I was... I was There was a time I was doing a lot of dirty things out there. Right, right, So right. trying to explain that to my sister, too, because I've slowed down tremendously. And so now we go on vacation and the whole, you know, the game is, oh, Chris, you're gay. There's no girls around there. Right, right, right. I'm like, y'all know who I am. Why do we play this game? Right, right, you know, Why right. are we doing this? And it's just, I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody anymore. Right. It was like, you ain't never seen me with no boys. You know who I am. Right, I see right, the pictures right. in the house all over the place. <laughs> right. Come on now. I was a prom king. <laughs> I didn't go to prom. Um, so that's, that's, that, that is, that, I, I would say it used to worry me, but that's something that I've definitely done my best to implement in my conversation with my sister love know that right. this is a guy's perspective guys are real lame and it's real easy to tell right, so right, it's right. just like and i'm trying to explain to them is like you are the center of the universe i can't do half the things you can do as a girl you can make right. a human being come out of you right. and you can hold it for nine months do your things make it and come and go back to being regular right like i can't i can't do that with you every choice is on you because within the whole kind of abortion thing came up and my sisters had their opinions. I have my opinion. I'm I'm on that vegetarian vegan stuff, so I'm just pro life anyway. I just don't right, think any, right, I don't right. think anybody should be murdered or killed, even if they're a murderer. I think as a man we don't that's God's responsibility right, right, right. as far as I'm concerned. We don't we don't have that power. Um but I was just telling them it's just don't put yourself in situations where you have to explain to me as your brother. And not to mm-hmm. say I wouldn't have your back, but right, you know right, right. if if, it, if a situation comes up before I go mess that dude up or figure right. out what I'm gonna go talk to him about. Right. I'm going to ask you a bunch of serious questions about what's going on, and it won't be exactly nice. Right, right, Because right, I also right. know how these situations happen. I know how guys are, and I've told y'all, don't put yourself in dumb situations. Right. Yeah. Always have friends with you. Don't be inviting some stranger up to your room. You're at, because, we'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. We'll that for later. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll save that for later. But, okay, I got more questions. All right. Hmm. How do you feel, how has your treatment been with the police? You know, As a black man. I, to, to I just, be honest, I've never really asked a black man this before. Um, I haven't had any personal issues, um, especially here, right? Like That's the, funny. That the, was so funny. Well, the fitness thing is interesting because a lot of the the cops they know of me from what I do, okay. right? So I've been stopped a couple of times. They kind of recognize who I am, like, hey. And it, and it's been little stuff, right? So, like uh, my blinker light uh, is out or yeah. something is expired. It hasn't. It hasn't been anything major, right? Um, but I'm also very like, oh, when they come up, I got my license and registration I ready. No games, like right. you're not about to see me reaching no for mm, for nothing, anything. Nothing. Um, but at the same time, I I look at a lot of stuff that goes on, and I understand the the rage, right? I, I have the same anxiety when a a cop is behind me, right? Because I know how quickly things can escalate. And one of my biggest frustrations as I I watch some of the things, um, you know, we were just talking about earlier, like the why. I hear people all the time, why are you pulling me over? And it's just that abuse of authority. Right, like don't ask me no damn questions. Right, I'm in control here, dude. Like my my life is at stake. Like, why am I? Was I speeding? Is something like what did I do wrong? And I just think like it should. I feel like it should be. You have to tell them why you're pulling them over. Well, that's the law, right? But every every day, and this is not a color thing. I think people get pulled over, and they don't always know why. I don't think it's a color thing. One hundred percent, I agree with you there. One hundred percent. 
I don't want to cut you off with the police right. thing. For me, I've had several altercations. Right, 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 right. Several, and and I'll say I'll say some were my fault, some were not. Like the first situation that it, oh, that was not even really a situation because there's no color involved. But it doesn't matter. We were kids out in Rollette. Mm-hmm. in Rollette, and you know they have the railroad crossings and whatnot, right. and they have like the trails that go up to the railroads, and there's the lake up there. So. Me and three homies, both white, I'm black, right. went up to Rowlett, went up to the, there's a trail, went up to the trail, walked in the railroad tracks and jumped off the bridge to go swimming. Yeah. Jumped off a couple times, whatever. One of our times coming back up and walking across, cop pulls up, comes over, is like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. It's, it's, this is a trespassing area. He's like, we, there's a trail there. We go fishing over here. Everybody right. fishes over here. There's, a, there's literally a walking trail through the fields that everybody uses. It's not like right, we just right. trenched through and just found a place. And what was funny, too, is a train came. And he's like, I just saved your lives. Like, no, you didn't. We would have just jumped in. We were jumping. <laughs> what are you talking about? You saved our lives. Right. Uh, but anyway, so I was upset, told my dad about it. And what I really loved is my dad was like, hey, let's go fight this in court. Let's mm. go see what's going on just to see that whole process. Right. And we took it to a court with a jury. And the jury were definitely not my peers. It was right, older right, white right, people right. in Rollette. Um, but what's lovely about it is I fought it. And I, just, and I told him, I was like, yes, I, I did break the law. I was definitely ignorant to that. But there's right. no signs posting it. We recorded a video. There's no signs posting. You see the trail clearly. Right. We know fishermen use this. And I, nobody got hurt. So after the liberation jury came out, I was guilty. I had to pay or whatnot. And I remember right. there's a couple, an old white lady afterwards told me, she goes, you know what? I'm really proud of you for doing this. It's really nice you did this. And I hope you learned a lot. She's like, I thought you were innocent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm guilty. I'm right. just saying that like... There's no knowledge of this. There, right, there should be right, signs right, right. up or, you know. Um. My, my one, uh, as you were saying that, it, it did remind me of my first uh, kind of running with the law where I was scared, right? Um, I was back home in New Jersey with my cousin. It was close to the 4th of July, so he had fireworks. And uh, I'm lighting a firecracker, and he's like, don't throw it. But now it's lit, so I just turn and throw it. There's a cop coming down the street. So I basically threw the firecracker at the cop car, and I just took off, right? So I run around the corner, and the cop basically cuts me up, like pulls in the alley, and, you know, I run into the car. And I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I've got the firecrackers. Right? So the cop goes, lady cop, and she's like, look, you got two options. Either I can take you back and tell your parents what happened, or I can light these firecrackers next to your ear. And, you know, oh, I'm, I'm at oh. an age where I'm, like, scared, scared right. of my mom, just light right? Them. Just light, light them in my ear. So I got these firecrackers, no like, this on my me. ear. No and she brings the match up to them and then blows them out and just takes my firecracker. She's like, get out of here and stop doing this. Because it was illegal, See, right, in New Jersey. Right. So it was definitely a, a lesson, right? And I'm, I'm also not one of those people. Like, I don't have, like, an extreme bias against the police, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think all cops are bad type of deal. But, but my issue is this. I feel like if there was a firefighter who was an arsonist, I don't think his fellow firefighters Thank you. would that's, stand that's, for you, that. You got my exact point right there. That's my right. exact point. I if, only say that. If there was a right. teacher who was any, molesting any kids, posi- any position, any the position, other teachers right, would not but stand by. I have by. friends. I have lots of friends. Like you said, I have friends that are cops. So with my police relationships... When I moved to California, people were like, isn't Texas so racist? Isn't Texas so racist? I'm off dealt with more racism in California, in California than I have with Texas. Well, I read about the gang unit or the gangs inside of the police in L.A., right? And people want to act like that's not a real thing. Eh. I mean, we could we look just at— heard the, about the five. They're, what they're called? Yeah, the yeah, Cobra yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. the Cobra. I mean, but even looking at—and people have a hard—like, we don't look at things from a historical standpoint, right, right? Right, The whole purpose of why policing came about was to protect property of landowners— in the South, 
from us. Who? What was the property? Right. It was us. <laughs> right. So just the, the the history of policing um, is rooted in 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 that anyway. But you know the other thing, um, the other challenge I have is like, why is there such an abuse oftentimes? And uh, I remember being in a situation with somebody I knew growing up, and going back and seeing like, oh, that person's a cop. Like, but he was bullied, right? right? Like, I know he right, was bullied right, in school. Right. So then I looked at, oh, okay. That's why. How many cops were bullied in high school that now they're in this position of authority, right? And it becomes problematic because now they want to use that. And I asked my, I have a, a homeboy that's in Florida that used to be a cop. And we were just having a conversation about this. And he was like, man, Ty, you'd be surprised to know how many of them were bullied in school. I never told him about the guy I went to school right. with, but he was like, that is rampant in a lot of it's places. Surprise. Right? So I, I don't know how you fix that, right? I well, this, this, the thing is for me is, so back to what you said real quick, I, I hate to say it, but I'll say it. I don't think there's, in the system that's set up, I don't think there can be a good cop. Let me put it that way. Mm. The way the system's set up, I don't think it's just like, and the point you, the point I would bring up is a point do, you make. Do, if if do, I'm a good teacher do you and the think teacher's that, doing something wrong, what do I not say anything? And by me not saying right, anything, right. what does that make me? Just as bad as teachers, that teacher just over there. But once again, though, I'm saying is they're set up for disaster as soon as they get it. Number one, there's too many laws out there for yeah, a cop yeah, to yeah. even know. Cops don't even know the law. They don't. They just right, don't. They can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got what, six yeah. to 12 weeks? Even if it was two years, you're still not going to learn all the basics of the law that a lawyer knows, that a judge knows. Right, right, but then right. let's just take it back to what a cop's job is decided to do. They're not a judge. A cop doesn't solve crimes. Right, right, right. A cop tries to stop them from happening. But afterwards, a cop's job is just to deliver the supposed suspect right. to a judge to be judged. All their job is delivery. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, real yeah. simple. It's just delivery. That's it. But even just talking about that, though, it's like with the five cops, this is what's funny to me about America, too. And this is, I think it's everything's happened in this country. And I think my humble opinion, my ignorant opinion is based on slavery start everything and we're still yeah, the yeah, foundations yeah. there. We didn't break down the foundation, yeah, we just yeah, built yeah. on it. We go back, it's gonna lead back to that somehow. Yeah, yeah. The job practices, the the law practices, everything. It's just oh, I lost my train of thought. Um the system is broken, so therefore they can't succeed with all the, the, the things they have to know and do. There's pressure on them always. They're giving guns. They're giving all these things. But like I was saying, though, that's what I was going with. The five black guys that just beat this guy down real bad, you right. know? Because to, to me, too, I was even telling my sister, I was like, I just, I don't know if I believe it anymore what I see on TV, especially with things like this. Because, number one, why are black guys still running? Number one. That was yeah. my number one thing is like. At this, there's got to be a point in time as, as a community we just say, look, you're right, running. Right, right, you're right. running. Because I'll tell you right now, I, like I said, from Cops Friends, I'll tell everybody, pay attention, listening right now. If you get pulled over, roll down all your windows. Yeah, all yeah, windows yeah. down. Turn your car off. Put your hands on the steering wheel, all fingers open. Right. Once the cop sees you do that, there's already a level of respect because, hey, this guy's you a hope. They're, they're, I'm telling, but I've, in my personal life, I've just seen it. Right, like, right, where right, it's Because right. I've been pulled over several times before this technique and after, and things go a lot smoother when you're respectful and your hands up. They just right. look at the sign of respect. Like, hey, this guy's not trying to be silly. He's showing me all his cards right now. Right. Cop can still be a jerk, but that's going to bring up a little softness. Right, right, right. In my right. personal opinion. Um, but like I said, I just think the system's broken. So therefore, I think there's a lot of people that are good cops that want to go in and change things. But you go into a system, just you said, you, you can't fix it. Yeah. 
Uh, look at, I, I've never even, just think about this, I'm 40 years old, I've never once heard of a cop staying against the cop system. And you're telling me there's not been any, besides, well, besides Christopher Dorner, the guy his ass shot up in California. Well, so the, there was actually a case, and I wish I could, I, I could remember this lady's name, but there was a case, I want to say it was like in Boston, where a lady did stand up, and she lost everything, right? Well, then she ended up suing, and she won, but to your point, it, the system is problematic, right? Like, I, I think... I think there are actually a lot of good cops who are scared to go against the system. Or because or, or, they can. They, they got to feed their kids right in. Right. They've already been programmed. Because then, too, what I was going to piggyback, too, on as far as the cops beating, they all have cameras on them. Right. So you're telling me you're beating the crap out of somebody while you know you're being recorded. You don't care yeah, that yeah, yeah. much. But my whole point is goes back to what's going on in America. Nothing's changed anymore in this country unless somebody dies. Unless somebody dies, yeah. if, that, if that black man that got beat down would have just been in the hospital bloody for a little bit, he woke up a little bit later, he could have had problems, yeah. whatever. Those cops would still be on the streets right yeah. now. Same with uh, George Floyd. If George Floyd wouldn't have died, yeah. we would have never said nothing to him. He'd still be out there <laughs> beating yeah, like yeah, fat yeah, jack. Yeah. The thing is, that's what's happening in this country now, too. There's no complaints. There's no, hey, I got beat. That's, that's they'll, yeah. don't beat them up and, like I that. I mean, and, and was wild, I think, from a community, we've always known that to go on. And the thing that now a lot of that can be videoed and people are still like, like, I still wonder, like, how how did the cops in the Rodney King case get off? Like, that that it just makes no sense. It, it makes what no did, sense. What, who did, how many people did he kill to deserve being tied right, up like right, a dog right. and beat like that? Well, so that that is. He was on drugs. He was belligerent. You can't be belligerent when you're right. tied up. But that is one of the frustrations overall is like people in, in having the conversations like there's a reverence for cops for some people that if you come from a community where you don't necessarily feel protected by the cops, you don't have that same reverence, 100%. right? So there's a disparity there. So I don't think everybody goes in with the assumption that my best interest is at play right here or is at heart. So that creates an interesting dynamic, you know, in and of itself. So it makes it hard to believe that, oh, these things can go on. Well, when you've seen them. When it happens to you. Right. You know what's funny for me as well? This, this might trip some people out. The most racist cops I've ever dealt with were black. I believe it. Ever in my life. Yeah, yeah. I've never been called so many names by other than a black yeah. guy before. I was, rear, I was, I didn't know how to call it. We were at a light. The cop was in front of us and rearing it back in us fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came out of the car chewing gum off. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. So black captain comes up. This cop that hit us disappears. We don't even see him again the whole time. The cop's asking y'all, okay, all this right, and right. that. The cop then decides to sh bring me to his front car and show me all the equipment they have in the car that distracts him. This is this is here. This is this. Right, right, right. And I go, that's that's cute. I was like, check this out, officer. I go, you got this computer, $5,000. Can look up anybody in the whole criminal justice right, system. Right, right. I was like, you got this sweet GPS, $2,000. I go, oh my God, rear view mirror. Priceless. They don't teach you to look in the rearview mirror. Right. But the thing is, even with that being said, I got hit by a police officer. Can you imagine if I was in front of a cop, put my reverse on and hit the gas oh, and went back in the head? Right, right, and that's right. what I said to him. I was like, would we be have would I even be able to speak right now? Right. Would we even be having this conversation? But the fact is like he's gone, I haven't seen him again. And what's gonna happen to him? Right. Like what I, am I gonna get some clarity? Let me know what because that cop was that something was going on because we had Long after, I mean, to, to add to the story a little bit, we had followed the cop for about five to ten minutes, and he had made a couple driving errors. Where like we went to make a left turn, and he had to stop and reverse yeah, and go yeah, back yeah. to the left turn again. It was like, what are you doing? There's one time where he popped in the left lane and then popped out. I was like, is this? Is there something going on with this cop? Are y'all seeing this? And yeah. then hit us, 
And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. I thought I was about to get shot. It's just, it's just a wild deal. Like, I mean, there's a lot of criminal activity that sometimes the level of violence may be warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a routine traffic stop shouldn't end in like 100, a thousand, right, somebody right, dying. A thousand, and then, too, then you see situations to where... There's just so much weird yeah. stuff going on. And, like, and like the, re- the little school shooting where the cops are all posted yeah. out outside. They're and the reality is they, they have a very difficult job. I never want to. That's a fact. Right. That is a I, fact. I, I never want to take away from that. They have never, a very difficult never. job. Much respect, much property. You're risking your life every and day. And I, I heard a, a few cops say, like, their concern is making it home. Right. Well, so is the person that you pulled over. Right. Right. So. And I don't have any weapon most of the time. I'm, right, right, right. And yeah, like, I, I don't even own a gun. Right. Because I, I feel like I don't. I'm not putting that vibration into the universe. Right. I just don't think I would get, um, I don't get the benefit of the, of the doubt. Right. Like, and that's a real thing in my mind. Fact, like, right. if I were to ride around with a gun in my car and get pulled over, I'm probably going to die that day. Right. Even though my intentions. I'm taking chances. Right. Taking I may chances. just be coming from the gun range, but if I have to say, hey, officer, I have a gun in my car, it's over. as a black male, I don't feel safe. 100%. Is that paranoid? Maybe. Or just safety. Oh, you're right. Preventative, but, preventative yeah. healthcare. But that, that's just, that's preventative the way I feel. Preventative healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have any beef with cops at all. I hope it didn't sound that I have beef with them. It's right. just the fact that I think the system is broken. The system, just like you said, is based on right. where we weren't even people. And then the fact that it, let's look at our rehabilitation system. I don't know if, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you hear about what happens in prison, I can't even imagine. You see movies and stuff. I can't imagine how we put people in. But it's a business now in this country. Yeah. You're talking about free, it's free work. Right. It's free work. Yeah. They built more, there's more prisons than our schools for us out there. Yeah. It's insane. And I, I read a thing years ago that by the time a kid is in third grade, you can predict whether or not they, they'll go to prison. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could, if you could see that, why can't you then prevent it? Or prevent it, right? Right. That like that's the thing that but there's it, more money. It, it's more money in it. There's more yeah. money in sending the kid to prison than sending the kid to college. There's ooh, that's a that's a good documentary too. That's the thirteenth, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That documentary tripped was, out. Boy, there's some facts in there that hit me. Where but the, like, the thing that gets me, I think there are a lot of geniuses behind bars. A, a, a fact. You know what I mean? Like they, they grew up in the wrong environment, right? Sucked in by gangs or drugs, lot. crime, whatever. But the minds of some of these people would be so valuable on this side of the of I think prison. Most of them are still in jail, though, too. Yeah, I think that's why they're there. They they understand that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I, that was a question I had for what happened to black leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to black leaders? Is there nobody out there that's spitting any game for us at all? Well, I, I think that's some of that is is one of the problems of the internet, right? There's too many voices. Right. Well, but like, you would think there'd be somebody that would stand out, though, you know, somebody that would just be because I mean, because because we get because there's people out there. I mean, I, I definitely like if I say a name like Tony Robbins, right, you go right, into right. any type of room, anybody self-improvement, they know who Tony Robbins is, right. you know, uh, J.C. Maxwell. Some people know it well. Right. I'm just saying, where are the brothers at? The brothers with money, the brothers with impact. Well, but yeah, I don't and know, then, man. And I kind of because think that, then, then the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that. There's a reason they're not there. Like, I think it's intentional. Yeah. Well, but some of them you may not know by name. Like, in every community, there are people who are doing well, right? Right, right. But those people, one, they're not looking for a national stage. And really, is that the type of leadership we want where it's a national thing, right? Opposed to every community needs to be doing what it can to pull itself up, right? So we we can look at the deterioration of a neighborhood, but there are people who have to be invested in that neighborhood, that. right? Like... My my voice is worthless in you know, you know, fifty miles from here, hundred percent, right? Because I don't I don't live there, 
But now if I, if I live, but my voice is valuable here, mm-hmm. right? You're not just going to run up and down my street breaking stuff, and all, right? Because I live here. So the people that live in these communities, right, have to take but care of that just community. No, there's no, it just seems that I feel there's no cohesiveness. I agree with that 100%. You can't get that word out right But now. we don't know what we all want. Right, we don't. We don't have a. So it's but one it's of. Not, but it's not even like that. I think. I just think it's. I, I agree with you. We don't know what we want, but at the same time, we're taught to do things on our own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're not taught. We're taught to go solo dolo. We're not taught to collaborate whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's even in the household. Yeah. I think that's even in the household. Like as far as, like my sisters and I. Like there's. I was even telling my mom. I was like, my dad's talking about. You know, my dad has a little bit of money saved, and he's got some stuff, and he was talking about like maybe gifting twenty five thousand to the kids here and there. Right. And I was like, why wouldn't dad do something like, hey, I'm gonna give y'all five thousand bucks each. Honestly, you can turn this into ten or fifteen. Yeah, Whoever yeah, does yeah. that, does is is, is right. you know investment games, financing games, right. things like that, to where the kids each or maybe y'all get together and turn this money and say, you know, right. the sister get together. Hey, we get let's do it together and we'll split the profit that dad's going to give us. Right, you know, right, right. there's no there's no things like that. Especially, I just feel like especially in the black community yeah. where it's just like no way said, to be super. Is that cohesiveness, right? Like I look at, you know, I, I think about when Martin Luther King was around. There was a there's a point like we we want to be able to 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 vote. We want civil rights, right? There was something they were fighting for, but then I look at how they were treated, and then I look at Malcolm. Right. And Malcolm wasn't treated the same. Right. So but Malcolm also uh, didn't cause any laws to be made. Right. So there's this this weird caveat. So so I'm a little unfamiliar with that. So why? I thought Malcolm was more on the violent side. I thought Malcolm was more like, hey, you you slap me in the face, we slap him back. Right. That was the message. But you can't find one incident where somebody slapped Malcolm. Well, that's a fact. Right. It was enough of fear. Like, hey, if you hit me, this is the response. Like, you know, the response ahead of time. Right. But Martin was like, you know, if you get smacked, turn the other cheek and people abuse that. But the power in that was when you let other people see it. Right. right? That was really how things got changed when when the March on Selma was televised and they saw how brutal people were uh, being treated for marching on a worldwide stage. It's like, hey, hey, what's going on? I, I heard about this. And I didn't think it could be true, really? but I'm watching this now with my own eyes, really? right? But when Malcolm tells you, you smack me, I'm going to smack you back. Now you, the, the message you deliver about him is based on that, gotcha. right? But I think he had a much different play. Like, hey, we can take care of ourselves if we stick together. And now there's no cohesiveness where we can stick together, right? right? So I don't, I don't know how we come up on a, on a unified message. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's kind of where we are, right? right. We're so separate and divided. Or, like, or just not even that. I would just think like even the athletes that are out there, yeah. you know, the athletes that millions and millions of dollars. Um, well, so I look at it this way with that though, cause I think they're all doing a lot, right? And we just don't know about it. But how would we not see that? How would we not see the impact? Like the school just got a well, like, but, but like, uh, like but LeBron James. We know LeBron James got a school. Right. You know what I'm saying? We saw that. We see that. Right. We know what he's giving back on a regular basis. But if it's not in your community or it's not part of what you look into, right? Like I remember years ago, I used to have I had this conversation with my uncle. Uh, we were talking about Oprah, and I'm like, well, you don't really know what she does, right? Like you think she should be doing X, Y, and Z, right. and we can think that about every you know person mm-hmm. with a little bit of money. But are you even looking into what they are doing, right? right? And then years later, finding out like how many men uh, Oprah put through Morehouse, right, right? right? Like she's not doing that for the publicity of it all. So I, I think when 
I think anybody who has large sums of money, one, even if they're just doing it for tax reasons, right? They're helping people, but they're not doing it for people to say, oh, did you see what they did? Did you see what they did? So then we make the assumption they aren't doing anything when they're really doing a whole lot. Right. Like, think about it. Um, Jeff Bezos, his wife, I forget her name, but you know, she got a ton of money in, mm-hmm. the, in that divorce and she's been giving like yeah, heard, but millions of Yeah, but I've heard about right? her. But I can't name one, one place thing, she no, gave it to. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know what I mean? I just, I just know like, that she's giving away millions, giving away millions, millions, but I don't know where that right, money is gone, right? So when you think of, I mean, there are thousands of athletes with millions of dollars. We're not tracking their money. I just the thing is I don't I don't think we have to track the money. I would I would more I'm more saying track the impact. I'm more saying track the impact. Yeah, like we yeah. have football camps, we have stuff like that, but right. there's still where's the where's the brother outreach program? Not to say it doesn't exist. Right. Once again though, we, we have the internet, we have Facebook, we have Twitter. Right. If somebody's giving back, it's real easy to show that, hey, these are the venues that I'm giving to. Hey, come show up here and do this. Hey, I'm having this football camp here. Right, but right, I right. just and and I guess my point is not that they're not doing anything or maybe they're not doing lots. I just feel there could be so much more done. Yeah. I feel I mean, there should be so much more. Just I, to where, how is there not a black agency right now? How is there not a black owned baseball, football, hockey team? Right, Why is there not right, an organization right. of just black athletes that get together and say, hey, let's just put your yeah. million together, my million together, and let's just start making some choices to where we're so, owning. So that's an interesting collective. Because I do, the sports team thing, I do wonder about sometimes like why more saying? people aren't together. Right. But there was an interest. I listened to, uh, you ever listen to uh, Earn Your Leisure? Oh, every, every, almost every day. So the, the episode with John Sally was interesting to me. Okay. Because him and Isaiah Thomas are the only two former teammates that have a business together, right? So when you talk about the collective, right? Like a lot of them are doing things individually, what but what if they were to pool their resources, right? right? That's what I'm saying. So, Start uh, a whole just huge organization where it's agencies, where we're, we're, we're picking up kids from elementary, high school. Right. We're not teaching them how to play basketball. Right, right, right. It's that real estate, the taxes, to get your money right, get right. the trust, break these generational curses, but to the point where it's facilitated by several, a huge, not just basketball, football, baseball, right. but athletes all over, musicians. That's right. what I'm saying is these people are, we know people are making millions, like, for example, Jay-Z. Right. Jay-Z, Beyonce. And that's why when people say like the Illuminati and things like that, it makes me kind of just wonder to where Jay-Z got plenty money. Right, right, right. Kanye had plenty of money. We see kind of what Kanye's doing, all kinds of crazy right, stuff. We right, call right, it crazy, right. but there's, I see two sides of Kanye. I see Kanye is one part where it's super intelligent, beyond brilliant to where most people don't get him, and then to the point where that's also a curse to where it makes him look just as crazy. Right. Like, at the same time. Yeah, 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 when you go against the grain of stuff, people are like, what are you doing? That's that's not how we do things here. That's right. not how his business goes. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we know what Kanye was doing. We know his business ventures. Yeezy. We right. know how he's doing Yeezy. We know what the, the fashion and stuff like that. Right now, not so much. But then Jay-Z, what? Where? But, I think they buy us out. I think so they buy us out. I, I, I think that there can be so much going on behind the scenes that we're unaware of. But there's there's just too much money though. With with, with we got yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, got yeah, a yeah. dude on, on the computer that was tracking Jeff Bezos' flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he knew where he was twenty four seven and talking about how much money he was spending on this stuff. I think it was uh, Elon Musk as well. He had both of them where there was a tracker. I'm just saying, how do we not have any information? Not even a little bit. So 
uh, to some degrees there are like all of them have some type of scholarship oh, right I mean, but then do we ever go back and look to say hey how many scholarships did he give where did they tax purposes and stuff but, but, but still Oprah be giving out gifts all day right. she but even if you did it for taxes and you sent this kid to school and then this kid started a business like we don't we don't track it all well, right like right. I, for example th this was pretty interesting to me because um what was Drake's song years ago um God's Plan Okay. Right. God's and the video plan. is pretty cool because he's like going around giving away money. Okay. Right. And scholarships. Well, there was a girl who he gave uh, scholarship money to. Well, last year she graduated with her master's. Right. And uh, I don't know if it was Drake commented or went to the graduation or something, but you got to see the whole thing through fruition okay. because of that. See, that's lovely. I just think there's a lot of that that goes on. I think there is, but I'm just saying when you when but, you got billions of right. dollars, you can you can buy a neighborhood. You right. know what I'm saying? And we got all these people that come from the hood. How are how are the hoods not being rebuilt? How is not schools going up in the hoods all day? This so, is, that's a Deion Sanders. So here's the deal because it, it takes more than money. Right? Money doesn't change mentality. Right? So think about this. So think about what Nipsey was trying to do. Right. Nipsey was really trying to elevate the hood mm -hmm. and his own hood killed him. Right. You know, what I mean, like there's always that jealousy in there or, or, or whatever the right. reason is. Right. Now, Nipsey was one you could look at. it, You can kind of see what was going on. And he was very through music and everything vocal about it. And I just think some people aren't vocal about it. Right. Right. No, I get it. Just like I said, I just I would just expect to be in 2022 to where we have. We 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 dominate all sports. Yeah. Like we literally don't every sport you are. There's not a sport uh, besides hockey. And even in hockey, we're starting to get some spots out there. Right, 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 right. But every sport to where it's not the point where like oh we're doing good in it. You're talking about we're the best of the best, making right, right. the highest contracts. Period. So so now I'm going to circle back to something else though that we talked about earlier. They're making millions but don't understand finances. Right, spending millions, spending spending millions. Right, like, like think, lots of stories. About right, think that. about how many athletes go broke. Right. For for, you know, for every LeBron, there's somebody that, you know, made millions and, and they have zero right, right now. Right. 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 That's, so that's, that, that's problematic. In but, and but, but, but still, but that's but that's what I'm saying, though. How is there not a black program that started that to where it's just like where how is there not an agent out there that's getting these black athletes and like, hey, let's we're, yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah, get yeah. your finances straight first. Yeah. Before we I mean, I, th I think I'm it's sure there whether or not they do it. But, I, but you still, know what I'm just saying is how are there not black collaborations yeah. out there? I just I also just think we don't um, bread for we don't publicize them as much as like we think there should be. Right. I'll use another example. It's like Steve Harvey. You know, he has a, a mentoring program with a bunch of boys. That's not something he has to be out there talking about. Like if you're in that network, you know about it. he right. talks about it a little bit on the radio when the time for their camp comes up. But he's not doing this to take pictures and show everybody mm -hmm. like there are certain things we do from our heart that we don't advertise. And it may only be a small percentage of people. But that small percentage could be making a big difference that we just I, I, never. No, I believe they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying with the reach that these people have with the Internet, with the money they have, the way they're flying all over the place, yeah. the way they're spending money doing all this crazy stuff. I'm just saying I would have expected more in this yeah. year by the times how much we dominate sports. So here's the other thing. Who's the onus on to go after that? Cause like, it's us. It starts with us. Because it's one of those things like they may provide opportunities, but if you don't know the opportunity is there, like they're, they're not coming to look for you. Right, it doesn't exist. It you know what I mean? Because no, it's, it's that way with, with so many things. Like we, we think that, oh, this isn't there. It's like looking for a job. Right, the job ain't coming to you. 100%. Right, no. you got to go out there and, and find that job. And I think they, they provide some opportunities that we have to you know search for right. and figure out. 
I just I guess I guess that's my my biggest complaint. I just think it should be more accessible to kids like in the hood that don't even have barely internet access. Right. You know things like that. Like I think we should be hearing about oh Russell Wilson just went by Denver, Colorado, right, a school in a little a poverty stricken school where he went and bought them all laptops. Right, you know what I'm saying? For him, that's but think about thousand dollars. But think about when that does happen. It's a blurb. Right, it's nothing. Right, like nothing. You, you, but our media is not going to cover it because the media doesn't right. want to. So, I and that's what I say. That. Like, there are so many good causes, but nobody wants to talk about. It. Like, it's it's not dramatic enough. So it maybe makes a news for one day, but, it won't make a big but it's only going to make right, local news. Right, right, right. And we're not even talking about it because we 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 ain't right. That that ain't our. That's not the conversation. We ain't making no money off of it. I can't right. benefit off that. So I'm not right. even talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Dang. But I think it starts with us. Yeah. I think it starts with us. Yeah. What are the questions? Let's go one more. We almost had an hour and a half. Oh, dang. Dang. Um, I'll write off some quick ones. Just quick ones. Quick right. ones. What do you think your level of happiness is out of one to ten? Oh. Um, Being honest possible. Because this goes back. We're talking about where. Because just what you said, too. I really like that. I think we should have a podcast, uh, a conversation about that, of how horrible we are at judging ourselves and our own yeah, capabilities. Yeah, 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 because yeah. me training bartenders and things like that are servers. I'm be like, hey, you a good server? I'm a great server. Okay, real quick, let me ask some questions. Where you been to a place where you had a great server? They're really amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you compare to that server? You still even? Right. Uh, how do you know drinks? How do you know this? And then we start thinking about it. It's like, wait, you really aren't that good, are you? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I wonder, do we allow ourselves about happiness as well? Man, um, I would say right now I'm probably at about a seven. Okay. Um, I find that, honestly, my happiness uh, has a lot to do with where I am physically. Um, yeah. And where I am in my relationship with God. Okay. And I've been really, really good with my time with God. I haven't been great physically. Um, so it, it leaves me like, you physically know. as far as working out? In, in terms of working out. Yeah, okay. just I haven't, I haven't been as committed as I want to. And it's funny because I just wrote in my journal this morning about how I need to really sit down and decide what it is I want to do. Mm. Right, like I love lifting weights, I hate cardio, and I want to do yes. yoga. Right. right, so it's like, what am I gonna really concentrate on? Right, like I know I need to do cardio, I just don't like doing it. Right. I love like lifting cardio. weights, um, but it's but that's not enough. Right, I, I need more. Right. The yoga thing, I think about. Okay, I'm three years away from fifty. I know how I want my body to feel, mm -hmm. and I think yoga is what'll get me there. It will, it will help. Right, it and help. it's not the weight, so just really committing to what I want to kind of spend some time doing. I think I told you when we met, I had a goal of doing 100 yoga workouts. Right. I'm at five, okay. right? So I got a long way to go. Yeah, now, it's only, fe it's only February, right? But I got some work to do. Because you yeah, can do yeah. two, you know, two 30-minute classes a day. Yeah. Um, the other part with me is like just career-wise, just trying to figure out what do I want to do, right? I've been training for so long. Training is getting harder. Um so I don't I don't know. I don't know what the next thing for me. Like if I if I could have it my way, um, I would love to monetize the podcast, quite honestly. Uh -huh. um, like if I look at, hey, where do you want to be in a year from now with the podcast? Right. I would like to monetize it somehow. 100%. But I will also like to speak. 
right? One of the reasons I call it the the F3 experience is because I want to create an experience outside of the podcast. 100%. Right, right. where, hey, right. we get together, there's some speaking involved, maybe there's some yoga, yoga involved, players, we yeah, get some other people, right, involved and create a whole experience that. that revolves around faith, revolves around fitness, and revolves think, around family, and right? And you can take the part we were talking about earlier about being that impact in the environment where right. it's like those the F3 guys. Because then we, because I, I mean, there's our, there are things, and I, and I don't want to disagree any black people out there doing amazing things, because I know there's that group of black fathers that got together one of those schools that at the schools, yeah, 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 yeah. And like the I think that was Detroit, down. maybe. Oh, yes, sir. Exactly. Yeah, it was the awesome. Went down like fifteen, like thirty to forty, fifty percent, right, right, like right. crazy. So there's people out there doing stuff. I know there's the black guy that was, I forget, he was teaching kids how to do ties and just he was doing videos online for yeah, everything. Yeah, like yeah, the kids, yeah, like, yeah. You don't have a father. I got this yeah. for you. So definitely people doing it. I just, I guess my whole complaint or gripe is that why are we not connecting together? Yeah. And well, to and, and, and to that point though. You know, we we look at entertainers and people who are well off. Truthfully, the only thing they can do is provide the the financial resources. Right. Right. It's really the people in the community that can be there every day. Right. Because because when you're helping in any situation, consistency needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And you take a you know right. just any right. famous person. Hey, I could do uh, February first. Then I got another opening November 3rd. Right. 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 It takes a lot more contact than that. Right. But now if you can say, hey, I got this $20,000 scholarship to help fund the boys club or this community center, whatever. But now the people in that community have to be the one to step up. And and take care of the business. Or even when they build something in the community, the people in the community have to make sure it's still maintained. Uh, How would you rate yourself as a father, one to ten? Ooh. Ooh, um, just a number, just a number, one to ten. No judgment. I'm gonna say an eight, or an, I'm gonna say an eight. Eight point five. Sound you're leaving an eight or nine. Eight point five. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm giving myself an eight. What about a husband? Uh, I'm gonna give myself an eight. So two eights, you said. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two improvements you can make as a father. Just two, two improvements I can make as a father. Um, ooh. I could be more intentional about praying with my girls. Like I I pray for them all the time. But if I could get consistent with praying with them, that could be an influence on the type of man that that they choose. Somebody that's going to pray over me. My mom and my sister were doing a little tradition where every night before they went to bed, they'd have a prayer. Yeah. And when they were kids, I I did. Right. But now we're in our own life. Right. right, So just creating that routine. Um, Two things that make you a better husband. Or just one thing. Let's go one thing. Cause we're, I'm trying to get through these questions. Um, trying to get through these questions. Is to be more like uh, words of affirmation is my wife' love language. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a despite how much I like to speak, I'm a lot better with action than I am with words right. as it relates to my marriage. Because right. I don't understand words, right? In terms of like this is what builds you up. Because if you say something and the don't action ain't behind there, it, there's no point in having the words. There's no point right? in having I the words, and that's the saying. that's the way I operate. But it, I have to realize it's not for everybody. It's not everybody my love language, not that right, right? Right. I don't have to work on that myself. Yeah. But what about you? Where was your happiness at? Ooh, um, it's what did you give yourself? You said a seven. A seven. At this, mine ranges like it's. I'm. I'm uh, I'm going to say mine goes from about a seven to about a nine. Okay. I get to the point where like it's, 
And right now we're up about the nine area, okay. just because everything's going really well. Just getting this thing started, because like you said, I want to. I've always this is something I always want to do, but I never had the confidence to just. Oh, let me get some stuff and just start talking myself. Right, right, stuff, right, right, you know? right. Just, And it just doesn't feel doesn't feel as nice. I guess this feels for me. I mean, right, I thought I would know the difference. Um, and then too, I've just kind of proud after leaving California. I kind of prided myself of not environments, relationships, family, friends. It doesn't matter if I'm not happy there. Get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found that by just. And not running or quitting things, but to the point where, like, this is not serving me anymore. I've tried yeah, everything yeah, I can. Yeah, this is not yeah. serving me. Disconnect as much as possible. Not to say, F you, I'm done with you. Right. Just, hey, this is not serving me, so I need to go somewhere else where I'm going to be served. Right. Unless you'd like to change things. So now it's just, I really feel in, I just really feel in control. And not to the point where, like, control has to be a thing. Where I, not to the point where it's just, it's kind of like what you said earlier. I think... When it comes to God and just how we live this life, I think we're the driver, the passenger, the vehicle, the destination, and the journey. I yeah, just think yeah, sometimes yeah. we focus on different parts a little bit too much than we should. Right. But there's a whole thing where it's going without us yeah. doing it. Yeah. There's lots of things that we don't do, Let's but see. we're still kind of controlling it, kind of, you know, and watching. Uh, <laughs> life is going life, whether we life with it or not. <laughs> 100%. I like that. Yes. Uh, so just with that, I'm very just, just because I'm. There's just really nothing that, like mom and dad could die today. Yeah. And it's really not going to take that happiness too far down. It won't drop below that seven or six. It right, might get right, to right. like a flat seven. But even with that, it's still to me a celebration just because I don't look at it as like they're gone. I more look at it as like that's a metamorphosis we'll meet later, number one. And number two, I get the pleasure of spending 40 years of my life with you. Right, right, right. I'll look at that more than I look at like, oh, you're gone now. Right. I'll settle to me. You know, one of the challenges, um, I, I think many of us think we're supposed to be up at that nine all the time. Right. Right. Yes. But there yes. has to be some downs to appreciate the highs, 100%. right? I saw this clip on Instagram a few weeks ago. This guy, and it was a, he, I don't know who he was. He was an actor, and there was like this actor's round table. And he talked about going to his therapist, and he was like, man, I just, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a low spot, and I want to find a way to just kind of be at a, a kind of a, a even keel. And the therapist tells him, well, if you ever look at a, if you're ever in the hospital and look at the uh, the life chart, whatever, right. whatever the heart, you call, monitor. The heart monitor, mm -hmm. you see it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. If it if it's ever flat, you're dead, you're dead. Mm -hmm. and that's life, right? There's going to be ups and downs. If you ever sign yourself flat, that ain't really where you want to be. Uh, we had this professional. He was a professional snowboarder. We went from like janitor to snowboarder at Malibu. I worked in Soho House with celebrities and whatnot. And he was saying that he his biggest strength in life was learning to not over celebrate and also not over grieve as yeah, well. Yeah, what he was yeah, saying, and he kind of brought perspective, but to me it resonates to where I forgot who said it, but when you score a touchdown, act like you've been there before yeah. and act like you're going again. Because right. not that you're like, hey, I deserve to be in this touch and I did it, but the work you put in in practice lets you know that you deserve to be in that moment and you know you're going to be back again, so why am I celebrating all crazy? Right. So for him, he was saying, if you just get those lows to where you don't go so low and so down on yourself, where you just, instead of a negative six, you just pull it up to a negative three. Right. And he was saying his highs, he doesn't go up to that 10 or 12 to, oh, I'm so excited. He just takes it up to a three or four of excitement. Right. So when his lows, that 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 range of air, it doesn't shoot so, because the higher you right. go up, it's gotta come back down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So even that flat line, you definitely don't want, but you don't want big, huge chunks. Well, just little yeah, bitty, yeah, just yeah. little bitty consistent humps, you yeah. know? Cause you can deal with that. Yeah. Uh, what else I got? What makes you happiest in life? Man, my kids. You know, I, I used to think that was like a cliche thing. Mm -hmm. But like I was telling somebody yesterday, my kids are so different, bro. Like, 
one is very cerebral, one is very physical. Um, so even my conversations with them is so different, but there are times where like I'm sitting back and I hear them together just laughing. Like I'm, t- and I'm talking about like that deep belly like, laugh, yeah, right? Like hard, like deep. And I really can't think of a better feeling than that. That's beautiful. Right. Jeez, so geez. I, you know, me and my wife are both only children. So one of my prayers is like, I really want my girls to be best friends. Right. Like, you know, when they're, you know, 33 and 30, Still I hope they kicking. call each other right. every day. Asking for advice and when I bring a kid to yep. Making sure they see um, each other on a consistent so basis. So I, I, I really understand when kids talk about, like, that's the thing that makes them happy. So that, and just generally helping people, man. Like, I love some deep conversations. Right. Um, and I, I, just, I just like connecting with people who are open about themselves, right? People who want to grow and learn themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your um, biggest fear or worry, then? Oh, Biggest fear or worry. Um, have you taken an Enneagram before? Yes, but see, that goes back to our first conversation yeah. of you don't know yourself. So doing an Enneagram, because I had a friend hit me and she's like, oh, my mom's a giver. And I was like, I don't know if your mom well, is much of a giver. Did you take the test or did you read the book? I did the test. So I have a buddy who teaches and he's like, don't take the test, read the book. Ah, okay. And when you read the book, it know. really is like, oh, okay, this is me. I asked that question because I'm a six and six are actually driven by fear. So I feel like I'm I'm a little bit afraid of everything in terms of risk, right? Like I, I, I no, your faith doesn't fill that gap for some things. Okay. Um, but there's always this level of anxiety about all things. Like I really do. I'm a little bit fearful of getting to the end and feeling like I didn't do what I was here to do. Mm. Um, so the, the, the process of finding myself is like, what am I really here to do? Um, and the, the, the closer I like, the closer I get to God and just the more conversations I have with people, right. like that makes me feel like, Oh, that's part of my purpose is just to like, be open as a Christian and let people see the mistakes, right? Because one of the things I think the way people assume Christianity is that, oh, we're walking around like blameless. And no, we have some deep faults, Mm -hmm. but we try to hide them. And some of the things we got to, now you can't let everybody know all your business, right? But some of the mistakes, right? We let it go. People got to know about it because they might be suffering with the same thing. And you can help somebody. And you can help somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't realize could help you. Right. So it's like, you know, um, I think one of the ways the devil entraps us is isolation. So if you're going through something and you can't be honest about it, Oh, well, the devil can just stay in your mind there. But the moment you're honest about it, now it's a different problem. You'd be like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't don't know no, if we're honest with ourselves, I don't know no men that at some point didn't struggle with porn. Right. But I don't know any men that talked about it in that moment. Right. It's not really anything you really talk. When when and where do you talk about it? To who? To, To, well... I don't, that's a good question. To who? You can tell homies about it. Because I, I know for me, it wasn't until I got out of the habit that then I'm like, man, it, it was a rough deal. And I had to, you know, pray about it and whatever you have to do to right. get over it. Right. But in the moment, I wasn't going to my homies like, man, Chris, 
I can't stay off Pornhub, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? But that's what's funny too. I just saw this thing about how, and then something else. I I just I just yell. I don't yell at my sister, but I tell them I was like, I used to be so jealous of girls just because I feel that y'all. That they can do anything they want, literally, like literally, like, right, right, right. and the fact that this country has kind of convinced them that they're not in control, that they don't have all the right, power, right, right, to the right. point where they they complain about things where it's just like you can do it if you get your stuff together. You don't have to worry about nothing yeah, ever, yeah, like yeah. ever. Guys are constantly throwing stuff at you, constantly coming at you. And there was a, I think there was a woman that pretended to be a man. But not yeah, yeah, like yeah, her yeah, scientific yeah. spirits that didn't kill herself. She killed herself. Because she was saying of how crappy men yeah, are treated. Yeah, yeah. And just I was just telling my sister, I was just like, Y'all go online and you go on these dating sites and y'all talk about dating's horrible. You got guys clicking on y'all all day long. Right. Like, all day long. I, I'm clicking, I'm writing notes, I'm writing love letters, <laughs> I'm writing poems. Would you like a nice dinner? Right. I'd love to hold some doors open for you. I'd love to be your gentleman in shining armor. Nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean I mean, yeah. I think life is life is hard for men. Life is hard for women, mm-hmm. but life is fair for both. Right, I, I can. Agree right, with like that. There, there's level because at the same time, when you can look at men, look at all the opportunities to women. Imagine walking down the street and everybody just sees you as an object. I see. I can. I can. I, that that can be. I, I still have. I have problems <laughs> with that. I still have problems with right. that because because I think a big girl out there would love that object feeling. I think a girl that's been considered fat or ugly in her life, she would love to get whistled at a little bit. I think the people, because because then too, I think it goes down to your perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're being noticed by people. Yeah, that's not abuse. That's saying but, we love but, you. But you also want to be noticed by people who have the right intentions. Uh, that's true too. But then too, even with that being said, I can't go put my feet online and make some money. I, I maybe that's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> but I, have, I haven't heard. I've not heard of no feet model dude yet. I've definitely heard some guys asking for some crazy. I know some guys personally with right, some crazy right, right. pictures or some discarded garbage yeah, and things man. like that. Or let me see you wash your hair. Yeah, yeah let yeah. me just see you work out. Me doing those things is just. I'm not a bad looking right, person. Right, right. I'm not exactly super hot. Or hey anything. man, you never know. You might be able to only fans it up and like shave in the shower uh, or something. I got to know that fans. I got to know fans already. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> had that much content, but I got right, right, right. Oh, let me just throw it out there and see before I start talking smack about these girls. <laughs> but that's what I was, I was even telling my sisters. Like, there's girls. So the girl that's on, um, I don't know if you saw. It was an old school when I used to watch TV. She was that girl that was on like Mari Povich or something. And she her name is like Bad Baby or something. Bad. And she said, "What did oh, she yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, uh, catch me outside. Catch me outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch me outside. She's on Doctor Phil. Whatever. Do you know she's worth over five million dollars now? Crazy. She started her OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She on her Instagram post only put six posts up. Six posts on her OnlyFans. I think she has over six hundred pieces of content. Right. Not one nude picture. Yeah, not yeah, one yeah, new yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. Bathing suits, bikinis, brawn panties, nothing new. On her Instagram, her seventh post said, five million. Hey, if you want to, bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's that's kind of what I just tell my sisters. Like, y'all, y'all got these degrees and you're complaining about going to work and complaining about all this stuff is there are girls sitting there taking pictures all day getting paid thousands yeah. of dollars. Which thousands. Oh, and now man. that you have the internet. Yeah. So th- that that's a because because the thing is what I'm telling them is like you're wasting these pictures online on Instagram for free. Y'all are yeah, trying to get viral yeah. on Instagram and TikTok. Forget all that. Stop putting their pictures up for free. And I say go to go to OnlyFans yeah, yeah, and just put up regular pictures. Don't even show any nudity. Just put up regular pictures of you and your face, your Instagram, your other stuff. Shouldn't have no pictures of you whatsoever. Right. This is not free content. This is my life. Right, right, if you right. want to see this, just charge a dollar for it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's an interesting thing that that's what they have the opportunity to monetize. But I always think about it from the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, who are these men like paying 
twenty bucks a we month. We know to, him. We know him. Like, these are homies of ours. These are well, these are these are us at one so point. So when, when we talk, I've never paid for it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying addicted to that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. But but the, the, I just think about like, man, where are we in life that that's what we pay for? Well, because I'm gonna tell you, think about this. Think about this. For me, it's not. I'm not. I don't. I don't know why I have an easier look at it. It's just because I think about guys that go to the strip club and throw like fifteen thousand bucks down in yeah, one yeah, night. Yeah, or one yeah. like I spent like ten grand. I'm like, how the hell did you do that? Yeah, yeah, Who was yeah, there, yeah. Madonna? Yeah. But with this, okay, just to just once again to be, I'm I'm an open book. I was in Mexico bored. And I was like going to Mexico and I was working with some hot girls. And I was like, we should start our own OnlyFans, but nothing sexual, just right, us right. having fun and being in bikinis, doing yoga, going to pools, all right. this stuff. And so before that, I did some research on girls only fans. Like I, I subscribed right. to a couple just to, I want to see what they're putting out. And there's some girls that are super genius. Some girls like my whole page is free and everything is just tease and anything to see anything beyond that. You got to pay. You got to pay. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some where they pay you. Once you pay, you get in five to 20 bucks a month and you get to see everything. Right, right, right. But what's crazy about it is it can become personal. Yeah. It's almost like having your own personal stripper at your house online that you can talk to directly. And some guys can look at it as like, hey, I can go spend 200 bucks on a nice dinner, nice meal, drive gas, get yeah, dressed yeah, up, yeah. have to talk some conversation, say some BS, maybe never see her again, maybe yeah. not even get a kiss, or invest this 20 bucks for a month and get to yeah. talk to her and see everything I want to see. But as humans, yet as men, we want to see that. But as humans, we're also wired for connection. Right. And that's part of the digital experience mm -hmm. that I think is just, it, it's, it's lost, right? But I also think about it from the standpoint of, if you're a 22-year-old girl with an OnlyFans, right? That content is out there forever. And at some point you have kids. Mm -hmm. What do you do when your kid is 15 and some kid shows him a picture? Hey, isn't this your mom? Well, I mean, once again, though, I, of all the jobs, of all the people that do horrible things out there, it's like, hey, I'm yeah, not, yeah. son, you want to judge all you want to. Did, did you have clothes? Did yeah, you have yeah, things yeah. in school? Did you get raised right? Did mommy have time to actually have you at after school pick yeah, you up, yeah, yeah, before yeah. school pick you up, take you on vacation wherever you want to get but whatever you know, toys? But you know, kids can be brutal. They can be right. rude, but once again, that's, who cares? Kids are dumb. That's the conversation I have with my friend. It's like kids are kids are gonna be brutal no matter what because it's like I was I have a friend that has like three or four kids and he was talking about like Christmas was coming up and he was a little bit stressed. And I was just like, right. do this for me. I, I did this with my sister the other day. I, I got a piece of paper and said, what I want you to do is write down you're what 20, 30 years old. Right. Write down a number thirty. I want you to go through your birthdays and Christmas and wrote what you got or what you. Yeah, did. yeah. You don't remember. Who does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how important is that stuff? In the in the present is very important. But it, it's still it's it's. Is it going to scar a kid if you're not buying stuff for Christmas or their birthday? Yeah, it, it, yes. You think it'll scar? What about poor kids? Or what about kids that just family just have love? So think about... Because it's comparison that's scarring you. Some of that is comparison. But the other thing is um, it feels like a lack of love when somebody doesn't appreciate you on your birthday. Right. But what I'm saying is, but what if you... Once again, it goes back to Captain Van Tax to where they didn't celebrate Christmas. They celebrated this other, it was like a real character. And one of the kids was younger and kind of rebelling, saying like, why can't we just do like what everybody else is doing to celebrate Christmas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dad's all, that's a lie. Yeah, you yeah, want yeah. me just to lie to you and we dress up and we just lie about this right now, about Santa Claus? That well, I mean, know but, but that's been very commercialized, right? So we can go but either that's, way but, that's what, but I'm saying but, even birthdays but, too as well. Yeah, but... But birthdays are known to be a celebration, right? So, so why so, but, tradition? But, 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 um, you hear what Prince said about it? Mm -mm. It's amazing. Prince said, "I don't do birthdays." Right, right, Prince right. said, "Prince said you had one birthday." Yeah, that was in nineteen. But, but he whatever. got he got he either got to make that as an adult or 
that's a part of the trauma from his childhood. But what does that mean, trauma? Because as a kid, I guarantee you he didn't say I don't want anything for my birthday. Mm, you're probably right. Right. So, no, but, so but, but, what I'm as, is, as a, but, but you still have to be taught what a birthday is at some point. But as a 40-year-old man, you don't know what it's like to be a kid that lacked. But lack is still a perspective that's objective. Right. But but you you can't speak from the perspective of every year on your birthday wanting something and nothing shows up. I, but that, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, though, but you have to start that precedent somewhere. Because if I have a kid and he has his first birthday, second birthday, we, we candles, happy birthday, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, fifth birthday, candles, happy birthday, let's go. Sixth birthday, friends come over. Hey, do not bring gifts. We don't do that at this house. Right, right, right. It's your birthday, happy birthday, let's go. Do you kind of see it? Because even, so for even like this. But then what, but then, great. I'll give you an example. But then the moment he goes to another kid's no, party. No, so there's comparison. So I got a comparison for you. My friends were getting allowance. My white friends were getting allowance. Yeah, yeah, 50, yeah. 100 oh, yeah, bucks a week. Oh, yeah, you about that, yeah. Went home, dad. Everybody's getting allowance. What is this about? I don't get allowance. That's it. You don't get allowance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, let's go look at some stuff. So I think it's also how you explain stuff as a parent to the yeah. kids and let them know that like, hey, we don't, this is not, we don't irk. Or what about kids that are Jehovah's Witnesses, sir? Yeah. They don't celebrate birthdays or holidays. Granted, they do, yeah, 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 but yeah, they yeah. don't. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Are those kids lacking? Yeah. It's perspective. Well, I want gifts for my birthday. Same <laughs> 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 thing is I haven't wanted gifts since I started working. Yeah, once, yeah, I, yeah. once I was like 14, they're like, what do you want for Christmas? I was yeah. like, well, and, Santa, and, Claus ain't, Santa Claus is you. And I should be honest, I can't necessarily say I want gifts. My birthday is when I want to spend some time with people. See, I like that. Okay. You know what I'm See, saying? I, like, I love that. And, but at, 40, at 47, time is a gift. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. At 15, and not so, that's so much. What I, so that's what I changed. With my sister, I got it from my sister. She was like, I have a birthday month. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to beat you. I have yeah. a birthday year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day I celebrate. Every right. day I wake up, it's a celebration. So I don't have to worry about birthdays. When it comes around, I'm like, oh, today is the day. No, every day I wake up is yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I even have friends that work with me in, at Malibu every time they see me. Happy birthday, Chris. Yeah, Happy yeah. birthday. You know it. You yeah. know it. So I, I have one more question. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're pretty deep in. Uh, I'm trying to avoid hitting the two-hour mark here. Okay. <laughs> but um, how has yoga changed your life? Oh, bro, that is. A oh, does this question. needs to be a whole episode. This needs to be a whole episode. Okay, yoga's every day. I got, a, I got another. Yoga's every day. Okay, every day, and every day it hits me with something else. Yoga is, yeah, uh, that's a whole episode. Right. Um, so we're, we're gonna open next episode with that. Okay, twenty twenty. How was your twenty twenty? COVID. Um, just briefly, good, bad. Two things you learned. Two things. So yeah. two things I learned. I'm very comfortable at home. Okay. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't necessarily. Well, you, you, you and the whole family, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So me and my oldest, I find out we are really homebodies. So y'all were chilling. Y'all, yeah, we embraced it, robed and stuff. Out yeah, man. Uh, my wife and my youngest, not so much. They needed to get out a little bit more, okay. right? Um, but it, it definitely taught me um, to look inward more. Like that's when I started going a little bit deeper into the word and right. stuff like that. Um, but it also taught me like how divided we are, right? Because at, at that point I was a lot, you know, I'd be on Facebook a lot more and I just look at, um, we're looking, I, I thought about it from the perspective of we are looking at a new illness and how, you know, the doctors of Facebook community knew so much about this new illness is beyond me, right? It's, it's kind of like, hey, uh, my pediatrician said, like, <laughs> I don't. Every, everybody turned into a virologist, right? They so I'm like, I don't. I don't really want to know what the pediatrician said. I want to see what the the people who 
deal with infectious diseases say right the people who deal with like lung illnesses say because whatever we think there's going to be a long-term impact and all of it isn't physical. Some of it is here, just based on the isolation 100. and all kind of stuff. 100%. So it, it just, it was one of those things, like I'm just watching people argue back and forth. I'm just like, this is not good. Like, let's, can we just say none of us really know? Right. Right? Um, it was a money grab for, for, you know, for some companies, right? Still, I mean, you're talking about sanitizers, all crazy yeah, masks, yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff. It was a huge money grab. People um, made billions. So I just, I just never felt comfortable Saying uh, like you should get the vaccine, that ain't for me to say. Right. See, I, and see, a lot of people think that I was pro or anti something. My whole my whole thing from the beginning was it's got to be self care. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah. be. Yeah. We cannot depend on the government to take care of us. They right. haven't ever done it. We because even when I get in conversation with people, be like, okay, let's just let's just break it down. Is our food really good out here? Like you go to McDonald's, they're gonna be a healthy meal. The government, they have right. everything every day for you to be good. You know that's not true. Right. How's our judicial system? Right. You know that's not the best. How is our government as far as how they treat the rich, how they treat us, right, foreign right, right. policies? Not that good. Right. How's the pharmaceutical system? Horrible. You saw the drug commercials, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we trusting them all of a sudden? Was my, that was my only question. Right, you told right, me four right. things you know are not trustworthy with them. We know for a fact, no discussion. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, we need to take it because I trust them. Yeah. I just couldn't go there. I was just saying, if you if you got to take care of yourself in the beginning, yeah. middle, and end, no matter what. There, there's just certain things I've just learned, especially via Facebook or just online, period. Shouldn't be long discussions. Right. Right. Politics is one. Right. Uh disagreements about religion or another. Like it's it's one thing if it's a conversation with non-believers and non-believers or believers and believers, right? There's a different type of conversation about learning and beliefs or whatever. But I, I've never seen anybody have their mind changed about religion or politics on Facebook. Um, never. Right. Never. We sit here and get in these arguments and that was some that was something else that I brought up too. I that was something else that I kind of went I kind of went a little crazy on Facebook because it was like a joke to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, you people are really coming to Facebook for medical advice? Like, you really yeah, are coming yeah, to yeah, Facebook, yeah. Facebook for MD. medical <laughs> advice. I was, like, that's, I was like, that's already a joke in the first place. Right. So listening to anything I say just tells me what kind of a joke your, med- right. your medical statement is already. And, and while we're probably in the point we are. I also realize how much we um, only pay attention to headlines. Right. Oh, just, yeah, everybody just, everybody reads articles now. Yeah. There's no more books. And they'll say, oh, I didn't read the whole article, but. <laughs> right. Right. Like, dude, oh. and I mean, it's still like this. I just think that this was wrong. Um, this is the, there was a uh, a headline this morning. I just texted to my, to my buddies. I, I just think this is just bad journalism. It says Madonna's face and the myth of aging gracefully. And I'll say, wait a minute. Like, who? Who did this headline and be like, that's the one? Put that one up. That's going to sell. Like, but it's clickbait. Because they got us talking about it. Yeah. It works. But I'm like, dude, that that's horrible. But that's who we are now, right? right as a society. Or, or right? I saw just even speaking of that, somewhere where like it was, uh, I forget her name, Kate Winslet or something. It was mm-hmm. like, still looks lovely at 30. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> dude, what? Still looks lovely at 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, do yeah. you mean? Yeah. Uh, it's wild, It's man. wild. It's wild. But man, we're at about a, a hour fifty two minutes. Damn. Uh, to everybody listening, uh, if you could, if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, I promise we're going to try to keep it an hour or less from here on out. But um, I, I thank you for listening to our first episode of the F three experience. Uh, just looking forward to see where this time brings us. 
continue tuning in, listening, uh, emails with your questions, things you want to talk about, um, and we'll be sure to add them to the episodes. Uh, Chris, the pleasure was all mine. Looking forward to the next episode. Pleasure's mine. Uh, big shout out to uh, who? Oh, who's yeah. Today as well? uh, guys, so we've, we've, we're kind of concerned about where we we're going to do the podcast at, and, and one of my great uh, clients, Megan Lunty, uh, let her use her office over at Brightway Insurance. Um, so thank you to Megan. She's going to be our, our first commercial. So we're going to have to yes. get her to record a right commercial. Right, insurance, Wiley, Texas, baby. That's right. Megan 544. Um, so look forward to that commercial. But thanks again to Megan. Um, and just looking forward to the next episode. Have a blessed day and see you next time. Mm -mm.